morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Yes, I'm old. Thank you to all of you who said something that's very kind of you. Is that what people are saying? They're just saying, you're old? Yeah, that's how they say it. Well, uh, other than Griffin, who needed uh, what who said not? who said nothing and then heard someone else say it. I, just, I, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, totally, totally. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to be fine. first. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely day. The Orioles had the weirdest win maybe of the season last night. I don't know what it is. It's a very different, like, um, part of it is West Coast baseball. Right. It's not real. Well, I agree with that. I actually agree. Like, nothing that happens on the West Coast should ever be considered real. But it's also, on top of that, on top of it being West Coast baseball to begin with, I, I don't know at all how to react to any of that last night. Like, I have no clue, none, how I should feel about it. Does it does it matter that the bullpen was shaky? Did they ask too much after pulling Dean Kramer in the fifth? Should you have been considering whether you should be pulling Dean? By the way, you lied about the headphones. There's still something going on. Really? I don't know exactly Mine what it is. sound good yeah, They don't sound the same way, but there's still something going on. Every time I talk, you hear a little something, especially when I say something with an S. Something. 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 Is it same thing when I say no, something? No, it is not the same thing when you say something. Don't know how to explain it. We'll get to the bottom of it. Never. What is well, what we'll do? We'll just deal with it and pretend like it's not happening. That's the way t- things tend to work around here because the engineer is Griffin, <laughs> and with yeah. all due respect, he's just not qualified. Well, actually, it's in my right ear back altogether. I mean, okay, again, it, okay, could just be the bo- it could just be the box. It just no, it just could be the box. Go ahead, you hit mine now. How's that sound? I mean, think we're having a, okay. a headphone splitter th- issue. We'll deal with it. Okay. We'll deal with it. Anyway, the moral of the story being, I, I can think through all these scenarios. If you knew you weren't going to have Yanir Cano available, should you have pulled Dean Kramer when you did? Obviously, it worked out, right? You bring CNL Perez in, he gets out of the jam, you keep it a 2 nothing game. But were you really at a place where you should have been planning on your team only scoring two runs at that point? Or should you have been able to live with the idea that maybe Dean Kramer might give up a run or two here but it might be a little bit more important to get six innings out of him because we don't have Yanir Cano tonight, and so our bullpen's going to be taxed. It's getting progressively worse, by the way. Is it really? Do you yes. want me to like switch headphones, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It could be. It could be my headphones. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. We'll deal with it. Well, maybe it's. I say it's fine. It's very distracting. It's extraordinarily distracting. Here, let me see what it sounds like in another pair of headphones. Where are they? Are they right here? I'll let you know if it sounds nice in those headphones. Here's This is how we do things here in the show. No, it how seems to sound very nice in those headphones. Okay. Those headphones seem to sound fine in, entirely, so it has something to do with my headphones. So that's a thing that we'll have to, again, deal with whenever we can. All right, um, moral of the story being, let me go back to it. Should you have pulled Dean Kramer when you pulled Dean Kramer? It's a complicated question. You can ultimately say, hey, you won the game. Now I got all my headphones tangled up. Happy, Look, happy birthday to me. <laughs> Do you want me to come over? No, no, no. No, no, no. Are you sure? Don't. Everything's fine. I think. <laughs> we'll hope that it's everything is fine. Should you have pulled Dean Kramer? 
Don't have an obvious answer to it. I... You got away with it. Whatever it was, you got away with it. But you use your entire bullpen. And I don't know if you've heard, but the guy you're starting tonight hasn't been very good recently. It's been in all the papers, so I'd like to think that's the case. But the guy that was supposed to be able to give you innings has done not that. Other than the one start where he gave you plenty of innings. Gave you the most innings you've gotten all season. But outside of that start, he's not been that guy. So tonight might be the night where, hey, we've already won the series. We're going to tell Kyle Gibson, hey, dude, you're going six innings no matter what. Even if you get your ass kicked, you're going to go six innings because we taxed the bullpen yesterday. But what if the Rays win again tonight? This is this is the funny thing about being in a pennant race. I, yes, you won the game. It was weird. I mean, it was... It was also weird because it's hard to say there was a hero, right? You could say mm-hmm. Fujinami was a hero because he came in and when none of us had any faith in him and the first ball he gave up was hard hit and you're like, oh, no. He turned around and got a couple of strikeouts and that qualifies. He's the closest thing there was to a hero. No, that's not true. Yeah, Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn yeah. was also a hero last night. But even Adam Frazier, like, right, that's the- dumb luck. <laughs> it worked. It was awesome because it worked, but that's dumb luck. That's all that is. And they scored in the 10th inning because of a ground ball and then a, a, another, a, another. a chopper yeah. that in no world should have ever scored a run. It was a very weird night. It was an Plus extraordinary. Plus the, the umpire was horrible. Atrocious. I mean, I mean god-awful. Which is probably maybe part God of the reason awful. that Kramer had to be pulled in the fifth inning. I mean, um, eh, not the reason. I mean, his pitch I, count was inflated because I understand that, but he also wasn't inflated to the point where, like, this is the other awkward part of it. Uh, are they dealing? Was part of that decision also last night about pitch limits? What, mm-hmm. where, what, what was the number that he was, he was at? He was at ninety-two. Ninety-two. So the obvious thing to say is he could have, presumably, faced one more batter to try to get out of the fifth. Right, like ninety. The difference isn't going to be 92 versus 97 where his arm's going to fall off. They specifically decided to go to Perez to get the matchup, right? Like that's, But Kramer, to your point, wasn't going to come back out for the sixth. Mm-hmm. He was going to be done after five. Did and we win last night? Yeah, they did. We did? Yeah, they, they, I won, went to bed. they won the game. We were up 2 nothing. Well, that's <laughs> a lot of things happened. I, no, no, I saw it. Got very busy I after that it. point. Very, very we busy. We stink. J- <laughs> What are you doing? We let the Angels come back on no, us. They won. I don't know if you heard. They That's won right. the game. A win's a win. Drew Forrester is here. Drew's MorningDish.com. On the overhead. Yeah, that, that, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, everything's all right. Wasn't looking, I was rooting like hell for the Angels in the yeah, eighth. Right, let's like, go. Score some runs, come on. you creeps. <laughs> and again in the ninth. <laughs> right. Um, I, we're Old debating, George Lopez. Nice work there. We're debating whether or not you pull Kramer at the point that you do. I would not have. The point is that Griffin's making, he was at 92 pitches. He wasn't going to come back out for the Please. sixth. Please, Jim Palmer should throw 300 pitches. Okay, thank you. Is that what we're doing? Nally would this, throw 300. Is this, is, this what, is, this, is this what you're doing yeah. today? Is this your content? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he would throw 37 you, complete games in a month. Did you see Queller in the old days? No, Queller. <laughs> Love that guy. Love Queller. Um, I, I I guess if you're saying that you weren't, it wasn't going to change how much you were going to have to tax your bullpen one way or the other, I can understand the argument. I'll let him go one more batter. 
I would have. Does anybody, does it aggravate you, by the way, if, nope. if you're batting? And Drew's you get, here, ladies and gentlemen. Does it aggravate you if you're a hitter and you get uh, beat by a guy with a man button? Probably does. It definitely would bother me. Pro- prob- it bothers me watching it. Probably does. Yes, that's probably the case. Just do what Clevenger does. Just yeah. let your hair what hang we, down. What are we doing? What do you got for us? Do you have? Do you have? It's get through all of your. Can you do me a favor? So, all, just do all of your prepared content. Okay, not, well, this all of pre- this stuff. This is not you, prepared. Oh boy! But there was a kid from Loyola. Yeah. Uh, two three years ago, um, uh, Loyola Bakefield basketball player, big big kid, mm-hmm. not, not a bad player, big. Mm-hmm. Needed to be in more shape, but big kid, good player, and he his he had his hair in a ponytail, a man bun. And at Loyola, I might have even told the story before, at Loyola, they stomped Calvert Hall. And he was every time he dunked, he was flexing on somebody or yeah, I mean, the right. stuff that they do in high school. Correct, right? 100%. So uh, a, a now nameless young man from Calvert Hall. He lost his name? <laughs> you yeah. gave him up? Was in the... Is this how it works over there? Was, like, if you do something... He, yeah, he, he was in the commons, and okay. I said... And they were playing Loyola at home that night. And I said, hey, big night tonight, huh? And he's like, yeah, big night, man. I'm, I, I'm, I ain't taking no prisoners tonight, blah, blah, blah. And he starts kind of yapping, and I said... Mm. I, yeah, maybe. I, remember right. the man bun kid yeah, that stomped yeah, all yeah. over you at Loyola? He's right. like, you didn't stomp all over me. I said, he dunked on you four times. I was there. And then he got quiet all of a sudden. Hey, what are we, first of all, who are you? These are kids. Hey. hey Drew's over there a, like, when a man, oh, yeah, you're going to get dunked on again, huh? I, you're going to get dunked on by a man bun? Is that what correct. you're going to do? Listen it's to one thing if it's 60-year-old man going out of high it's school. It's one kid. thing if a normal guy dunks on you. Oh, okay. The dude had a that's, man bun. That's allowed. Right. It's the man anyway, back to Dean Kramer. I'd have left I'm, him in. I'm. I would have probably. I, oh, man, I, I'm struggling with it because my it's first. It's the angels. Was, but it's also the fact that you don't have Yannir Cano, right? Like you, you're going to be going to your bullpen now for four plus innings, and it turned out to be you know. And they're scared to death to use innings. the Japanese dude. Yo, clearly they had no interest in going to him <laughs> until they had no other option right. at that point. Also, I think at that point too. Because the runner is on second base, you've got to put somebody out there that's at least capable of getting a strikeout. And so that yeah, you don't want to pitch to contact, dude. That yeah, so gonna... Crable's not going back out there right. for the 10th. You have to put the guy out there that right. has some velocity. And so if it hadn't been the extra innings, it's pretty clear that they wouldn't. And maybe that's what they're going to have to do with Fujinami moving forward is say, you're on the team. Is there any way Flaherty's not on the postseason roster? Yes, there is a way that Flaherty's because about, not on Because the they shelve him and bring Bauman in. Um, I don't even know if it's about Bauman at this point as much as I think the first conversation is about whose spot is means taking, right? Like that's the first kind. You could say Crable, so you're, but Crable's the extra man. You're right now. convicted that he's. Why com- is he that- throwing five innings at AAA if he's not going to be on the major league team? That's right. insane. Right. Like in some capacity, if 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 you're not comfortable with how he's throwing the five innings and say we don't think he can start, that's a different conversation. Right. But if he's throwing five innings at AAA. He's going to pitch in the major leagues. Like that's not as long as they're as long yes. as he's decent. Yes, as long. Yeah. Well, he was pretty decent the last right. time. Yeah. Now he gave up one hit over it's, five innings. Right, it's like, triple A. I understand it. that, right. but it's it. also John Means that we're talking. I about. hope we don't face any lefties in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a little worried about that too. So if John Means takes first of all, Crable spot, I would say is the twenty is the extra spot right now. So that goes away for the playoffs to begin with. So then, whose spot is Means taking after that? Well, right now he would take he well because mm-hmm, you're about to say Fujinami, I, right? I, like, I yeah, get it. you're about to say Fujinami doesn't have a roster spot. And well, I there's three the candidates: mm-hmm. Fujinami, mm-hmm. 
Irvin, yep. or Flaherty. Um, those are the I, three. Those are the only three candidates. It, well, you say that if things continue to trend the way that they've been trending of late, then Gibson's name is going to have to go in that conversation too. Uh, okay, he's going to have to. Look, I get it. He had the one start, but that's the one start. He's had one good start. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he's going to take one of those four. I I, I would say that you've got to leave. Well, nah, I, you I know what? By I, the way, I, don't I, see I, how... I screwed this up because Lopez is the extra spot. Sorry, yeah, okay. I, Lopez is the extra spot and can't be on the playoff roster. Oh, so, right. So right. so right now, no, there isn't a spot available. The question is: Is Tyler Wells back into the equation? So right now, Means would take Crable's spot. Then the only other question is: Is Tyler Wells coming back to take someone else's spot too, or That's Bauman, right. or Bauman? But they don't appear to be convicted with Bauman in the same way that they would see, have some amount of conviction with Wells. And you're presupposing somebody doesn't step in a pothole. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. that, as we always hey, say, whenever we have these conversations, hey Jack, yes, they tend to... Be careful is, when you make un- that... Unfortunately, the pothole might actually be a pothole. Be, be it ca- might be... By the way, they found the wrong pothole a couple weeks ago. That was the wrong one. They sent the wrong guy to the pothole with Batista a couple weeks ago. So... Hey, Jack, be careful when you make a right out of the yeah, parking that's, lot. That's a different conversation. And D.L. Hall's, I guess, going to have to be... D.L. Hall, there's no, to, there's no world where you're sticking. not... Yeah, D.L. Hall's have left, absolutely... you got to have some left-handers in there. Well, I mean, Perez has obviously been much okay, better. Okay, but he's been I'm just saying, better. you can't just have one. you got to have me, Irvin. I get it. He wasn't great last mm-hmm. night. But to me, D.L. Hall is still, because of the skill in the conversation, and because he would oh, by have... By the way, all of these things that we're talking about are all collateral damage of Batista. A thousand percent. This yeah. is why when everybody kept saying... Not oh, everybody. we'll be fine. When, when folks wanted to say, well, it's just getting three outs. Anybody else can get the three outs. Mm-hmm. The number of issues that this created, because the guy that could get the three outs... Well, last night the game was over if he pitches. The game was over. You don't have to further tax your bullpen. Right. When you have a guy I going I said this from Jump Street. And these people are insane. Like, this, this is a... This is a... It was devastating. I don't want to say catastrophic. Yeah. This is a massively significant development for them because when you get to October and you blow this game and it's a 1-1 series and you blow the game, now you're down 2-1 and the next day Glasnow throws a five-hitter against you, your season's over. Like It it only takes one blown save yep. and your season's over. If they lose last night, no one cares. Not really, except for, as I keep saying, it, it, you can say, hey, they're winning series against these bad teams, but any one loss to one of these bad teams could end up being the difference when you get to the okay, end of the season. Okay, but McKenna I, dropped a fly ball the second I, game of the I year. Understand, I understand I'm not worried that. about last night. I'm worried about when they, they're winning no, the I division. Probably. The division's over. Probably. But when they get to October and they're playing the Astros – and they're winning 4-3 in the top of the ninth, and Altuve comes up. Oh, and they're facing and, any and, real team. And yes. hits a two-run homer, right. and we lose. And then the next day, they throw Verlander, mm-hmm. and we lose. Mm-hmm. Season's over. Over. Like that? Over. Well, I don't I don't think they're going to play in a five-game. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You mean you mean a three-game series? I don't think they're going to play in a three. They won't. No. If they win I the division, said, they won't play in a three-game series. But if they play a five-game, if they right. play the – they're going to wind up playing you the Astros or the Rays. Right. The way it sets up right now. Most likely. Okay. Both of those teams – all they got to do, come to Baltimore, win one of the first two, and all of a sudden now you're in a dogfight. What is it? What is it? Like, where are the are the Rangers just giving oh up? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable, isn't As, it? As, as, the Rangers are. But the right good now, news there. They're playing the Mariners right now if there's, if there's, if the season ended today. 
the Mariners would be that. Wait a second. Right? Mm, the, no, the the Rangers don't have a better record than the Rays, do they? They do the, the Rangers. They do. Rangers are the, out of. They're a half game behind the Blue Jays. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they're out of the. They're out of the wild card right. Now. Right at the moment. Yes. So it'll be also, the Blue Jays and the Mariners as of now. Uh no, the Astros are back ahead in the okay. West, right? <laughs> well, yes. hang on, but yeah, wait, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. the Astros yes. would be the two seed. It'd be whoever the winner of the Central is. Correct. So the, yeah, yeah. So it'd be Minnesota, Minnesota, Toronto would face Toronto right now Seattle, in the Tampa. first round, and Seattle would face Tampa. Correct. And, and we'd get the Seattle Tampa winner unless Toronto. <clears throat> wait a second, do they reseed? Uh, I don't know if they reseed. We've never been in this situation before. Let's we don't know about how the these Ryder Cup and get this. Is, yeah, we're not going to do that. I assure you, what? we're not going to do that. But I You're, just aren't you pissed off about Adrian? Not Moran? at all. Don't care even a little bit. Right. But we, I just realized we don't know how these things work because we've never been there. I don't know if MLB reseeds. For the playoffs, or uh, if it's according just to Fox Sports, there will be no reseeding in the. So it's bracketed. It so bracketed. in that scenario, they would be guaranteed to face the winner of the four or five, so the it's Tampa, Seattle, Seattle series. Mm-hmm. That seems Wait. weird that they don't reseed. Yeah, it seems odd yeah. that that's not the case. NFL reseeds. Yeah, NFL. yeah, yeah. So we would get so who as of now? Either Seattle or Tampa. Okay, I'd rather right. not play either one of those teams. I agree with that. <laughs> They're both good. <laughs> but fairness, again, who would you like to play? Though? I guess the Blue Jays. The pro- be that's the real issue. Yankees. No, no, no. This is the real issue. The real issue is you'd be better off having the two seed. Yeah. Because then you could presumably get the Guardians get, and uh, or, or the, the Twins, twins yes. and whoever else. Right. Or the whoever. Blue Jays. Blue Jays yeah. yeah. I don't right? know that I. Uh, or Texas, who can't. This win is part game, of the yeah. problem. I don't know that I really want to face the Blue Jays either. Okay. Although so I, you just although don't I think play we could beat them eight seven. Wait a second. They always beat the Blue Jays. Can we play Why the White Sox? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's available, unfortunately. Have you don't seen what the White Sox have done yes, the last week? Yes, I have seen. I have seen. Hey, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and this? driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. This is the bit where I, I do one read and Drew's checked out now. I slowed no, him down. At, you put this in He's front of me. He's doing something else today. Well, you put this in front of me. The way it works. You put the I didn't put it in front of you. It was off to the side. Yes, it's the print issue of Press Box. Go ahead. Hold it up for everybody. Let them know they oh, can go get it at their neighborhood Royal Farms. Yes, we're on we're on TV. <laughs> go get it in your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town. And it enth- it's enthralling to Drew Forrester. Drew Forrester can't look away from the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Uh, I, I have this feeling. I, I can't think, believe the, how bad the Angels are. Did you? By the way, did you see the beginning of the game last night? Did you see the actual beginning when they did the Angels defensive lineup? Uh, I, I feel like I did, but okay. I don't remember So it. here here's what happened. Yeah. It's pretty funny. For whatever reason, Kevin Brown decides to let Jim Palmer read the Angels' Defensive alignment. Okay. Palmer goes, all right, so uh, here we go. Uh, out in left field, uh, Gritchick for them uh, used to kill us all the time. Uh, uh, we'll see what he does tonight. And then you got Mon- Moniak out in center, and he got to Rengifo or whatever the dude's name is in right field. Renhifo. Renhifo. Ren- 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 I think it's Renhifo. Palmer goes, so you got Moniak in center field, and um, – <laughs> And then at third base, it's uh, Rodriguez or whatever the guy's name, Guerrero, whatever the guy's yeah. name. He like he got to it, and he had that moment where he said, and we've all done this, do I mispronounce the name? Right, or do I just not pronounce it at all? Or do I just leave it alone? It's so much worse when you're doing and it. And hope again. no one, and you go through this, I'm oh, sure, in oh lacrosse, right, or the soccer. Num- the number of times that I am convinced 
that I because I've I've looked I've read over the pronunciation. Right. Sometimes they'll even send audio of how to pronounce a name. Uh, so yesterday, I had a game at Loyola that was against NJIT, and their roster was entirely international. So I legitimately called and asked them to go over it with me again three more times to make sure I had all these names right. And then I looked down at the beginning of the broadcast and froze. I have to show you the name that I was dealing with last right, night. I'll pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this goes. All right, NJIT has a soccer player named. Uh, okay, here we go. How would you pronounce that name? Oh my lord! Yeah. Well, Saint Saintville uh, is his uh, last. You name. got that part correct. Yes. Ramchui. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Ramakwi. <laughs> yeah, Ram. Mm. Ramakwi. Ram. Ram. Yeah, Ramchui. R- Ramakwi St. Ville. Ramchoy. Apparently, it's just Ram Chi. The, the W just doesn't exist, oh, okay. is apparently how it works. R A M C H W Y. Ram Chi. Just Ram Chi. So I, I call. If I'm that dude, I'm getting a different name. Because that name, by the way, wasn't say? on the pronunciation guy. Yeah, I know. Because you can figure that one out. Smith. <laughs> nice, easy one. Right. right? The goalkeeper's name. So I call. Uh, I don't remember what Reese? the goal. Oh, uh, Rigus. 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 So I call. I've already read that one. I call. Thank you. I call, and she tells me how to pronounce the name. But then I go at the beginning of the broadcast as I'm introducing all the players. You freeze. And I'm like, oh, my God. Did I did I write it down right? <laughs> did I? Well, did so she- Palmer clearly got to that name last night and said, yeah, I'm going to just take a pass on yeah, it. Yeah, correct. And he went right through it. And, went, right. and then Kevin Brown realized it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin felt awkward and said, do I – yeah, do I do, do I, I dive it, do in I make here? Something of this or not? Do I dive in yeah. or not? And he did. He okay. he said, and uh, you got some talent in right field with Ren Gifo. Again, I'm is. pretty sure it's Ren Gifo. Ren Gifo, yes. and Palmer just kind of kept on talking about the rest of the infield, and then that he spent three innings criticizing the umpires, and. They had a hell of a night. Boy, did they ever. They had a hell of a night last night. Palmer, when the guy, when Austin Hayes was out by 30 feet, Mm -hmm. neither one of them wanted to address the issue. It's the worst send I've ever seen. Neither one of them wanted to say anything. Palmer finally said. At least they didn't need that run at the end of the game. Oh, oh, yeah. At least that wouldn't have been helpful. Palmer finally said something like, and and he's getting waved home here. And they knew it was going to take a good throw. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I could have thrown that guy out. Almost. Almost. Well, he did make that field goal in Foxborough. Yeah, so. right. But, like, <laughs> they left it alone. They And, and obviously, they're both of them. Now, Palmer probably doesn't care. Oh, I – Kevin I, Brown doesn't I, want to get suspended I've again. I've been told pretty clearly that, like, Palmer basically – Couldn't care less, remember right? Remember what Donald Trump said about shooting a guy? That Palmer, basically that's where we Palmer are. probably feels that way. Yeah. But he also probably feels like – and maybe – Kevin might have said something to him like, "Hey Jim, I, I you know I got a wife, two kids, I just bought a house up there in Mays Chapel. Nice. Do me a favor, yeah. let's, let's don't, don't put don't get me in don't a spot. get me right. Well, you so, say that, or it's also possible that whoever's in their their headphones now is like, whatever you do, don't don't say don't do it, don't because they're all nervous. Don't mention Everybody's the sense. Nervous, right? I don't know. It was bad. It I mean, was he so was bad. in middle of. He was between shortstop he was bar- and yeah. he was right Wait, by the shortstop. He, he wasn't, but he was barely past third base. No, no, he no. Was, he was barely at the shortstop when the ball was collected. 
Yes. It wasn't that. It yes. Was, he was at third base, oh, but he was no, barely at no, third no, base. No, no, you're way no, off. I watched when it the again. ball was collected in center field. He was past the shortstop, and then the throw went to the cutoff man. He was rounding third base and coming home when the guy caught the ball from the center fielder. 100%. Try to see if I can pull it up again because it was the worst send of it oh I've, I've ever seen, but it wasn't that. It, it, was, one, it was terrible, it, it, but it wasn't that. You're wrong. Also, the ball didn't get past... It was in the ball didn't get past the outfielder. I didn't say it did. No, no, I'm saying I'm not oh. talking. I'm not debating with you. Okay, we're over that. I'm saying how in in the did, I, and I'm it's a genuine question. Get a better chair here. You gonna be all right over there? I'm just struggling today. Well, I just want to mm-hmm. get in. How are your headphones? Uh, it, I, maybe Tony Mancellino did not notice. And Castellanos just hit another four run yeah, homer. Another you. homer. Maybe Mancellino genuinely believed that the ball had gotten to the wall, like because it how was, do you believe that? it was ball. Are you, you just watching the game? Not, you don't look down for a second. I don't know. It was bonkers. I mean, he was like the bonkers guy at the BWI airport waving a plane to insane. I'm like, you're not sending this dude, are you? Really insane. In fact, I couldn't believe that he was actually sent at first because you're not paying attention to but that. But Palmer and Brown didn't say a word about it for like 30 seconds. And then finally Palmer mentioned it. Kevin's petrified. And Palmer finally says something like, "It's they're probably just testing his arm. I'm like, testing his arm? Yeah, it's, it's not, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. Everybody thought Grychik was going to, or Grychik or whatever, was going to knock in the winning run. When he's up in the ninth inning, you, I was just coming, the game's right? over. Right, right, like, right. The game's, and we're going to laugh about it. I'm going to say, right. should you, we're going to come in here today, and what we're going to do is, should you have just walked him because it's right. Grychik? You no, know, right. You know, face somebody else. Like, right. I, I was prepared right. for all of that in that moment. Um, the How other about the fact that the Angels told him, we don't want you on the team anymore. Correct. And, and he just said, Go out and play. <laughs> He's still playing and apparently trying. Although, on that one throw, I'm not so sure he was trying. But how weird is it in baseball? Imagine Stan coming in today yeah, and like, saying, hey, look. We're, we're doing our best to see if anybody else will take hey, you look, off our hands. Just to let you know, right. November 30, you're done. Well, it's, but no, it's worse favor. than that. Well, it's, yeah, it's we'd actually, like to have you gone today. Right. You're, we're letting you go, but we don't have anybody to take your place yet. So keep working, and we'll keep right. you. We'll keep uh, you updated. Uh, okay. <laughs> they told that Gritchick <laughs> dude. We don't want you on the still clear. We don't again? want you on the team anymore. But go ahead and run out. And there. he's still playing. That's why the Orioles put in a. You put in a waiver claim for Randall Gritchick, so he can't kick your ass anymore. You put in the waiver claim, and you say we we don't have any plans for him. We just don't want him to be the one that kicks Man, us are, out of the playoffs. They today. are so bad. God, they are really bad. They Not as bad, bad as the White Sox. No <laughs> doubt about that. What the White Sox might not win another game. This is what you have. By the, uh, you mentioned the umpiring, which was, of course, dreadful. I mean, it was terrible. By, by the way, what about Palmer trying to defend the obvious strike because it wasn't at the spot? Right. Well, what was that? Palmer, was it in the eighth inning? What Was it the eighth yes, or the ninth? It, the eight, it might have been the ninth. Oh, and by the way, yeah, well, like, ha- I don't know when he does this. Some, oh, come on. Well, no, no, no. This was the opposite. Some of this was on right. Kevin Brown lost his mind about it. I mean, where does he think that is? Right. And Palmer is defending it because it missed the spot. You got to – I don't remember if it, it was, was the, I think it – because it was a 3-0 count. Was it the – was it Ohapi? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. But I don't okay. – I, I, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember. All I remember is it was Kevin who lost his mind about it. Rightfully so. It was in the middle of the zone. It was right there, but because Rutschman had set up outside and the ball had come more inside – the umpire just called it a ball, despite the fact that it was in the middle of the zone. And Palmer 
was defending it, saying, well, that's what happens when you miss your spot like that. Like, it's not how the sport works. The rule doesn't say if you miss the spot. Like, I get it. Jim Palmer never missed a spot in his life. I understand. Well, he that's never what he's, allowed a grand slam either. 100%. I, well, that, that. I know that's true. I know that what he's really saying is I'm infuriated that the pitcher missed the spot because I wouldn't do that. I know that's what Jim Palmer's really saying, but that's not the way the rules of baseball are written. We just have these clowns. I think Jim is the in, thing, the, in the November of his tenure. No. You don't Jim, think so? Jim, Jim Palmer will be calling Orioles games until the day he dies. He's All he's, right. He's, I mean, th- yeah, he's not like Come he's on. not going to he's not going to Mm, he's mean, not going to work a full nobody, season. Nobody, nobody else is going to make him leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to work the West Coast games for forever because it's cheaper for them. Okay. He's always got to do his... Che- I mean, that's the reality. For them, yeah. It's cheaper for they them. They pay attention to that? Oh, do they ever. <laughs> He'll work the West Coast games. And by the way, when when he's done, they'll call Dempsey and say, you ready to start working games again? Oh, God. Unless Dempsey's moving back here full-time, in which case that won't be the case. But if he stays out on the West Coast, they'll absolutely allow Dempsey to do the West Coast games in the future. Really? Is that what we're doing today? What? Is that? Well, salute no Thank National you. Guard. Thank, Thank you, you for appreciate service. That. Um, you going to the ball Saturday night? I am, but hang on before we get there. The thing from Saturday night, the base runner thing. Oh, it was from Sunday. Sorry, not Saturday night. From Sunday. Where they're playing the Diamondbacks. Oh, right. And they're the runners three feet to the infield grass. I, I don't it's, even know what to say about that. This is the, it is befuddling to me. I mean, when we used to play run down in the yard, Correct. you were out if a, you did that. A thousand percent. Run down was a out. great sport, but you were out. The idea is very simple. You can't run to another base to try to avoid getting tagged. I don't know where that came from. It is a pretty basic rule of baseball. It was bizarre. But it's a bigger problem because ultimately there's the shrug emoji. There's nothing we can do. And it's insanity to me that these major professional sports leagues, I keep going back to this, the NFL was so shook by what happened in that NFC Championship game that if it happened again today, there would be absolutely nothing that would change. It was the biggest. Oh, you mean the uh, holding that wasn't a holding? It, the pass interference that or was pass blatantly inter- was. missed right. in the right. NFC Championship game to the point where they were willing to shake the core of the sport in order to try to change the rule because it was a dark moment for them and they realized. Well, the wrong team made the Super Bowl. That, so they said, we will literally shake football to its core. And a year later, they're, they're right back to where they were. Right. If that were to happen Can't again, challenge it. If that were to happen again this year in the NFC Championship game, same thing would happen. The exact same result would be the case. Right. The wrong team would win the NFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl. Instead of just having a these, person sit up there and these, go, just looked at it. You guys yeah, missed that one. You're going to be embarrassed by this. These major professional sports leagues, with all of this money at stake, are willing. If that happened in Game Seven of the World Series, they just in, oh, the, if the Jim Joyce thing happened. Correct. The bottom of the ninth. Galarraga. Bottom well, of the ninth. No, they, they run. can fix that. That's that's incorrect. Well, they can now fix they can. That. Right. right. They can't. Th- these these are still egregious, obvious, insane misses, and their answer is, right. Nothing we can do. Sorry. Well, you just said the best thing as, as it relates to, and you know how I feel about these goofs, as it relates to these baseball umpires, and, and you could even say the same thing about NFL refs. But y- you said it. You're. If if you're if you are in command of this moment as a neutral observer, and you you 
radio down to them and you say, you're going to be embarrassed Correct. by this tomorrow if we don't change this. You. You made the call, Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill, you're going to be embarrassed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's the you're, – if you're looking for the line of demarcation, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're not, hey, I think you missed this one because they all miss them. Mm-hmm. Hey, this one's pretty close. Let's Let's parse through this to figure out if you're right or wrong. You're going to be embarrassed tomorrow when you see this. That is the telltale. Correct. Like, we got to change this. These are egregious. These are right. indisputable. I don't think any of us want every single flag or call adjudicated up there. It would be there for four hours. Correct. But what we want. And by the way, that's what really happened in the past interference thing. I, let me really tell you what else I've was. seen in baseball recently. And I think I saw it at least two times last night. I am seeing a lot of plays made where there is no way the dude's ba- foot's on the base when the ball's called. You can't really tell because they're putting their their the edge of their heel well, I'm against. just telling you. No, I'm, I'm putting what, what's happening is, and we saw this with O'Hearn recently, where they're putting their edge of their heel against the bag, not on the bag. It's no longer I've got on top of the bag. It's instead I have the edge, the very back of my heel is up against the bag. There was a play last night. There was a grounder. It was early in the game. Orioles maybe had guys on first and third, I think. Ball was hit to the shortstop. He he collected it, and I don't know if he didn't realize how many outs there were. I don't know what happened, but he quickly threw it to second base. And Mountcastle slid into second. I am 98% sure that dude's foot was way off the base when the ball was caught. Way off the base. And it was just umpire gave it the obligatory, got him. Mountcastle stood there for a second like, really? Right. And then they went to commercial break, and that was it. I'm seeing a lot In more fairness, of it. Mountcastle also thought he was safe at second base on the stolen base attempt when he was not particularly close. There is the bit where everybody, like, nobody comes off the field now when they're out. They just linger around. Stand there like, and do the, I'm, I'm, watch I'm, it again. I'm, I'm safe, right. obviously. And you go back and look at it and say, the stolen base attempt that last night? And like, Or was it? No, it wasn't no, a stolen was, base. It was a sack fly. Where he was trying to go from first to second, which yeah, is I nuts. Well, that was they were just toying with Grichik at that point. Well, I mean, it was they They're were like, being uh, reckless. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. They're literally like, reckless. Okay, he can't throw right. the ball from point and, A to point B. Johnny you, Damon. And you realize he never actually made contact with the bag. Right. Like he he tried to elude somehow and like bring his do this some sort of swim move with his right arm where he reaches <laughs> reaches around. I thought there was a, actually on the play with Hayes at the plate. I actually thought that was closer than it appeared just because the guy tagged him up near the chest. I thought that play was closer than it appeared. He was out by 20 feet if the catcher just right, now again, makes a normal Remember, tag, yeah. catcher's not allowed to stand in front of the plate it's either. Also, uh, part of the conversation. Can't have that anymore. All part of the issue. All, all part right. of the deal. All right. Um, still to come this morning, okay, by the way. The overhit. We it's got a lot to about. do. Matt Castle is going to join us, former uh, Patriots Chiefs quarterback. He's now part of NBC's college football coverage. They've got Maryland Charlotte on Saturday night. So we'll talk to him about that. Also, Ed Hoddle, Stevenson football coach, will check in with us. Seth Johnson uh, will join us as we make our trip to Aberdeen for the week. So all that on the way. But when we come back in, Drew's going to play Would You Rather Wednesday. That's on the way. What? Yeah, we're going to play Would You. We do it nobody every. Nobody told me that. We do it every. every. You know what? It's fine. It's 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 fine. Well, I mean, nobody told me you were, we were doing Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com is here in studio with us. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Join Pressbox's fantasy football expert Joe Serpico and the rest of our Glenn Clark Radio gang at Sports and Social inside Live Casino Maryland, Thursday, September 7th, for the pro football season opener between Detroit and Kansas City. We will be there 7 p.m. where Joe Serpico will help you nail this fantasy football season. Just come by and Joe will consult you on your lineup, who to sit, who to start, who to target for in a trade, and who to pick up off waivers. Plus, we'll try to help you win some money as we watch the game. So join us for the season opener, improve your fantasy team, and have a great time at Live Casino and Hotels, Sports and Social. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. 
quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Drew Forrester is in studio at this uh, this morning for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. What's your life look like these days? What do you you know? Like, are you gonna do you are you gonna watch the the football games? Are you gonna go? Yeah, what? we got another week, don't we? No, no, they don't have another week. How, this is a genuine question. How okay. do you plan your Sundays now moving forward? Is it well for a little while? I don't because I've got some other stuff going on. Like I got you're playing golf. Golf this yeah. yeah I got some stuff going on. But you know, I'm not going to watch. I'm I'm asking everybody else. So you're going to watch the Orioles on one TV and the Ravens on another. Drew's like, yeah, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm going to play golf. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I've got golf this weekend. Yeah, of course. And I have golf next weekend. Mm-hmm. The following weekend is the Ryder Cup. Uh huh. So I'll. But I thought that was like in the early morning because it was in Europe. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's an all-day thing for me. <laughs> what does that mean? It's an all-day thing. We'll see. But for the next two Sundays, <laughs> it's I'm, an all-day. For the next two Sundays, Drew, Drew's watching six hours of live post-game Ryder Cup post-game. For the next the two Sundays, channel. I got golf. <laughs> sure, and then I'll get. I don't know if you heard the one next Sunday is kind of a big game. Are we playing the Bengals? Yeah, the Bengals. Clobber them. Uh, oh, yeah? You're feeling confident about that? I think the Ravens are going to have a good year. I mean, I think they're going to have a good year, too, I, but I think that's I'm a bit I'm nervous aggressive. about the secondary. I'm nervous. Yes. I'm nervous about this season and injury. They haven't announced about Mark Andrews yet. I'm not we know that's that. coming. I'm not worried about that. Um, but, you know, I'll get to it. I'm not, I wish the Sunday night game was more interesting. I, this. I I did my my I, I swear. Like last there's week. some really good games this weekend. Oh, you know a game you can't watch this weekend unless you have the Sunday the NFL ticket. There's a game. Okay, that let me think. You about have it. to have the ticket in order to be able to watch this weekend. Okay, let me think about it. It's a, a great game that everyone in the country would want to watch. Oh, Miami and the Chargers. Miami and the Chargers. Exciting teams. Exciting offenses. Great exciting quarterbacks. Great wide receivers. Uniforms. You love the uniforms. I don't know which uniforms San Diego or not San Diego. I'm still doing it. Right. I don't know which uniforms the Chargers are wearing. If they wore the powder blue uniforms, yes, they'd be the greatest uniforms of all time. No doubt. Um, but that game will not be available to you here in Baltimore. But you can watch the Cowboys. You can always watch the Cowboys. Sunday night. I mean, I get it. Like two huge markets, big team. You, uh, you say you get it. Like in, in but the, I don't get in it. the context of why why they choose to do it. I get, but at some point, the NFL might want to say like, "Hey, you know what would be cool is if we cr- tried to help create new stars." Like instead of trying to put the most mid teams on television all the time, maybe if we had like a new star that people wanted to watch, that would be a good thing. Same thing happened. Dak Prescott, he is the. Star. I hate to say this too. I, I even short. I even think the San Francisco Pittsburgh matchup is an interesting matchup. I think it's a much better one. I mean, it's two. It's storied not, franchises. It's not the same as Chargers Dolphins because it doesn't have the offensive firepower of that game. Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy is not to a Justin Herbert. But, like, I get it. It's a good matchup between one team that we expect to be a, a Super Bowl contender and another one that's a dark horse in the AFC. It's a good matchup. It's a far better matchup than 
Dallas, New York is. But, yep, that's what we get on Sunday night. Take our medicine. This is the way the NFL works. Sorry, LOL, ha-ha, you can watch the Cowboys and nothing else. And the we, Monday night game is obviously very way, intriguing. You can watch every college football game that exists on television. Every single one of them is available Somewhere. to you. Right. But you, you're not allowed to watch these games. Right. Not allowed to. Hey, but you can always buy the ticket. You're right. I could. I have a team. So whenever that team is playing, I'm going to be watching that team. So what would I be buying the ticket for? How does that make any financial sense to me if I live in the market where the team that I root for plays? Why would anyone who's in that situation purchase the ticket when they know that half of the time they won't be watching it because they'll be watching their team? It's asinine. You know it's coming, though. What? I'm saying you know it's coming for – there's going to be a time when – I don't even know when, of top 5, 10, 15 years, where you're going to have to pay $199 for the year to watch the Ravens. No, probably probably the case. You know that. That's Eh, coming. You say, if once it would require these networks to crumble, because it's always more valuable to them than it is to the holder, the NFL itself. There is more value in the networks to pay for that in order to exist, in order to have reason for their existence, than it is for the NFL to sell it directly. Now, once those networks crumble, and to your point, that day might come. Like, it's, it's I'm insane to of think how about. Many, how, how many people, if tomorrow, mm-hmm. the league said, if tomorrow... Lots of people would sign up, but that's not the the issue. Is they are always will be able to make more money from the networks because the networks are willing to take a loss on it. They're willing to take a loss on it in order to exist. But if tomorrow the league said all the networks are out of business and you got to pay us one hundred ninety nine dollars to watch your team, oh, I mean, how how many people would do that? I, I don't yeah. know what the exact number is. I Fifty million? Uh, no, no. Twenty million? No. Ten million? I don't even think that. Maybe, maybe ten million. Well, how maybe many people watch million. the Super Bowl? That, that's and a, I, that's no, not no, a good no. game. But I'm at, yeah, it right. is. I'm, no. It is. It is to determine. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It is, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Stop, stop, poo pooing me. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm older than you. Uh, how part, many people? You know you're, how you many people watch the Super Bowl? Um, what was it? Wait, at forty at this point, right? Forty was that the rating last year? I'm trying to remember. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of a forty. I don't know what the number is in millions, though. I don't. I, um, it's a hundred, a hundred million. That's the number. 115 yes. million people. Is that including streaming and everything? Yes, I believe so. Okay, 115 million people watch it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If 10 percent of those people bought it, mm-hmm. that's 10 right, million I, times 200. I, I have no right. idea how to gauge what percentage. I don't. Of I don't either. That and that number doesn't work, by the way, because they get 750 million dollars as it is now. Right. The league gets 750. It would require right. the networks to be gone. It would require it to be 999 dollars. Yeah, no. It would, I mean, it would, I'm telling. In order to do it, it would require the networks to be gone. They would have to no longer exist, and there would have to be no. The networks will always find the product to be more valuable than selling it directly. Yeah, okay. It'll always be the case. I don't know why that's not the case for, say, like the UFC. I don't know why they haven't. I guess because they just a- a- acknowledge that it's so niche that yeah. the, there's a limit to what the networks will pay. But like, my God, UFC is willing to put on the bad fight, or the ESPN is willing to put on the bad fight. So I don't, it's weird that that's the case. All right, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. We're giving away a shirt of your choice, and I need you guys to step up. I I get it. It's difficult today. Unfortunately, my Facebook page is flooded, and 
uh, Rita tweeted about me this morning, so the Twitter's flooded as well. You're going to have to do a little bit of extra effort in order to get in today in order to register for Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday, numero uno. Would You Rather. John Means comes back as a starter but can legitimately only go four innings each time out for the rest of the year, or if that's the case, he can come back out out of the bullpen. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I'm still ju- I'm just not I'm not ready to just hand him the ball. First of all, here's the one thing to remember too about about the playoffs that is different than the regular season. You're you're much more willing in the playoffs. Let's just uh, create a scenario. Orioles go up. Uh, it's it's game three. It's one one. Orioles are in Houston, it's uh, or in Tampa, and uh, um, Orioles go up one nothing in the second, and in the third inning, the Rays score two. Runner on second with one the out. Most complicated scenario. I don't know where we're. No, I'm no, already, listen I'm to already, one. I think the orders I'm, are down I'm, two I'm one. I'm sorry. Right, I'm just, tired. Just right. listen to me. I'm exhausted by this um, scenario. Uh, fly ball deep center field three one. You're much more prone at that moment to go out and remove the starter than you would be in June. Okay. So if I'm if I'm adding an arm, I do want somebody that I think has the versatility to start. Or in that case, hey John, why don't you come in here? Uh, Gibson doesn't have it, or Bradish, even if they don't have it, just. We're not we're not willing to let this be but five I'm not, one. I'm not giving you versatility. I'm saying it's one or the other. I know. Yeah. I'm going to take him out of the bullpen. Okay. Okay. I understand that. I'm going to take him out of the bullpen. I'm not ready to do away with everything that we've done for the. I think we have our three guys for the playoffs. And and a fourth. Provided if we, their arms don't fall off. Yeah, we're okay. That, that, you say that everybody keeps wanting to pretend like there's no chance. We just want to ignore it. That there's no way. That this innings thing becomes an issue with any of these guys, I'm not going to join you there. Okay. I hope it doesn't. I sure as hell hope it doesn't. But well, I think they've been protecting against that for the last three. I weeks. I think they've been doing everything in their power to protect against it, but they're still just, all well past. I, I think their the playoffs are treated much differently than the regular season. You, if if you get through in a, the normal course of a game, particularly if you're ahead, you get through the lineup two times. And it's the fifth inning. You you might any guys throwing seventy nine pitches. I don't disagree. That might be enough. And the, and the leadoff guy gets on. Okay, but hey, how? But how comfortable are you feeling about the Orioles bullpen without Felix Batista? That's why you would add means. Hey John, go out there and give us two, two innings. Mm-hmm. Griffin. Yeah, I'm with. Uh, I'm I'm gonna put him send him to the bullpen. I of think. course he is. I mean, if you're agreeing, first of all, well, of course, if you're agreeing with Drew. You might <laughs> want to reconsider here. Well, he's decision. been listening. Let me let me he's let me pay attention. Um, let me go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I would. I think we can. I mean, as these the inning limit inning limit thing is definitely. I, I think gonna be a thing, but I feel good I, about Kramer. I think Bradish. there's a different there's a different issue. You're gonna need a fourth starter. I mean, if you're playing in it, you're gonna need what's a fourth gonna happen starter. With Wells, yeah. Sure, sure. 
It can just be Tyler. You're gonna need a. But if you can't starter. go with more than four innings, then I think you're. you're then still the answer in a big might be problem. Tyler Wells. After that, well, you're gonna need yeah. a fourth starter. And at the moment, I have absolutely zero faith in either Flaherty or Gibson. But if there's a chance Wells can go more than you know five innings, and then you can piggyback with Means, I, I, what I, are you basing that off of? His arm was falling off two weeks ago. What are we basing? I mean, I just, if Means can't go more than four innings, I think I'd, I'd rather I'd rather him work out of the bullpen and be and help. You know, hopefully, I, I understand the argument. Solidify that. I back understand end. the argument somehow, but I would need somebody else. And at the moment, I can't. I can't. I don't think I could put either Gibson or Flaherty on the playoff roster at the moment, because I I think they would both get their brains beat in by a real team. I, I just have no faith in either one of them. Let's move forward. Number two, would you rather bet everything you have? Go ahead, say it. I'm in. Thank you. Bet everything you have on Lamar Jackson to throw for 4,000 yards at plus 325 or on J.K. Dobbins to rush for 1,000 yards at plus 250. Odds courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbooksports.com or download the Superbook app. Use the code Clark 23 and you'll get up to $250 in a first bet match. That's win or lose. Superbook.com. Um... What, what are the oh, numbers for again? God's sake! Well, no, what are the numbers again? Lamar right? to throw for four thousand. J.K. Dobbins to rush for a thousand. Lamar's not throwing four thousand because he only. He can't ah, there you go. There you go. There uh, he is. I'll go with Dobbins. That's our guy. That's our guy. I will take Lamar to throw for four thousand yards right. under Todd Monkey. I don't know. I mean, I don't trust. I don't trust Dobbins. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know that sure. I trust either one. The Just issue is a thousand yards in a seventeen-game season isn't all that much, right? Like you start doing yeah. that math and you're like. Jacob Dobbins could get to that, but you also are expecting them to run less. And then, you know, wh- where are exactly they? are they with J.K. Dobbins? Is he going to stay healthy? You start getting to yourself this place, you're like, I, I, I don't know. And I kind of lean towards Lamar as well. Yeah, he's not over fourth. Thank you. Minutes. Number three, this is only, of course, relevant to me today. Would you rather, uh, but you've been there. Would you rather look like you're 25 but feel like you're 40 or look like you're 40 but feel like you're 25? I mean, this is a real life thing for me because um, I look thirty. You know, right, 60. you're dealing with that. Um, yeah, I'd rather be older. And, I mean, I'd rather be younger. I don't care. No, no, no. You're gonna be. You're gonna be forty either way. Oh, I'm forty yeah, either I can't, way. I can't give that back. Okay, go ahead. What was it again? You can either look like you're forty and feel like you're twenty-five, or feel like you're forty but look like you're twenty-five. Oh, I want to feel like I'm twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the uh, that's the obvious. Didn't you just turn forty today? Oh, today's your birthday. Yes, that's the reason why I said it's only relevant to me. You want Griffin to spank you? Nah, not right now. You Maybe sure? later. Maybe later. You I'll sure? I, I know. I feel like I'm forty. I'm out on spanking. Okay. <laughs> not gonna happen. My wife was like, "Do you want to do that I thing?" I'm like, "What an ice bath." Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. What's Margaret have to say about the right. spankings? <laughs> She said, you want me to put on that thing that I like? I'm like, what, a wrap? Yeah. What do you put on that thing I like? What do you mean, Ted Lasso? Yeah, throw, throw it on there. Let's watch Please season one put, again. Put that on if right. you don't mind. A hundred percent. And you're not, you, you're not I mean, eligible because yeah, you're 22. I guess I'd rather feel like I'm 20-something. A hundred percent the answer is I'd rather feel like I'm 20. I did think about it. Like, Would you rather look like you're 60 and feel like you're 25? Or I'd rather be feel 25. Like you're, if that's an option, an option, can I go way. back to being 25? Right, finally, have you heard about some of the adventures on planes recently? I heard about the one. Well, that wasn't the only one. Okay. Would you rather, this is the one you haven't heard of. Okay. Would you rather have to take a five-hour plane ride where you're clearly sitting in a seat that someone had just vomited on? 
And Wait, Air has Canada, it been cleaned up, or have I? They made a half-hearted effort to clean it up. But I'll read from this story on USA Today. Mm. Two passengers on an Air Canada flight were Air Canada. Re- reportedly escorted off an airplane for refusing to sit in wet, vomit-covered seats. Don't blame them. They were kicked off the plane, by the way. Susan Benson was a fellow passenger on the August 26th flight from Seattle to Montreal sitting near the vomit. She shared the incident in a now viral Facebook post to hold the airline accountable because she felt it was unfair to the passengers. Quote, there was a bit of a foul smell, but we didn't know at first what the problem was, unquote. Uh, Benson wrote in the post, quote, apparently on the previous flight, someone had vomited in that area. Air Canada attempted a quick cleanup before boarding, but clearly wasn't able to do a thorough clean, unquote. According to Benson, the seatbelt and seat were still visibly wet. There was a vomit residue around the seats. The smell of vomit mixed with the scent of perfume and coffee grinds, which were put in the seat pouch to mask the smell. Scenario number one, Okay. five hours in a seat that had clearly just been vomited on. Scenario number two, of course, is the story that you have heard of. It's not in your seat, but you have to spend five hours on the diarrhea plane. I, I've never seen anything like that. If, I, if those pictures they showed are real. Well, remember the quote was diarrhea all through the plane, and you're like, well, how does yeah, that work? And then you see the pictures, and you're like, nope, that's a, that's what that is. That's exactly that. So either five hours on your seat, the vomit seat, or in the back of the diarrhea plane. I mean, this one's tough. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because vomit doesn't do it for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, that's weird because that's not what you told it me when, when we when we were in Takarta. You it said doesn't do it for very me. Different. I, I I can't handle that. Yeah. Neither does poop, though. No, <laughs> no. Again, I've got neither. I feel like I have evidence from a past life. Neither of those work for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Can so we gotta, come up with something else? You got to pick one. Can I sit and pee? No. I mean, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that works either. Please isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> Please get that quote. <laughs> make, <laughs> I mean, make sure I'll take that over the poop and the vomit. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Got to pick one. Just crash the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Got to just can, pick a scenario. Can crash the For plane. For God's w- sakes, could you just pick one, please? Can crash the plane no, work? it is not an option. <laughs> you got to pick one. And you have to put a I, thought into it. What? No, I don't want to. No, shut up. You have to choose. This is horrible. I'm not letting... I'm aware! I can't handle the poop. Give me the vomit. Vomit. I don't think I can handle the poop either, so... I keep coming back to, I think that's the answer, but then... Anyone who's changed a diaper... I agree, but the difference being... One of them is your seat. The other one, it's the smell still exists, but it's not... So you're saying it doesn't smell like You're not sitting... I understand. No, no, I am saying it smells oh, like vomit. That's the point. Then I, but it's in your seat. You have to sit in that. Can we talk about the Ryder Cup? No. No one can. We'll talk, yeah, I tell you what. Next week, I'll give you two solid minutes. I love we'll it. We'll put two minutes on the clock. You can say everything you want about the Ryder Cup, and then we'll move on. Okay. Drewsmorningdish.com, what's going on over there? Uh, well, you know, we're getting ready for football season. Are you? Um, You're not going to watch the games. Well, I can bet on them still. That's true. With Superbook. <laughs> you got that. Um. Look just at, getting, look at him getting with the program over just here. Getting, Superbook, my friends at yeah, Superbook. Your friends, just Superbook. getting ready. Uh, I don't even. Should I tell you who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl, or should I save it? 
for Drew's Morning Dish. No, go ahead. I have a surprise. I, I feel like they're due. I have a. Yeah. I feel like I do have a surprise team. What's it been now? It's, I have a little it's bit over of a, a decade, right? I have a little bit of a surprise team in the Super Bowl. Okay, one one surprise. It's one. not. Please tell me it's not that. It's not that. Oh no! It's why the Vikings? Because everybody's hot and bothered about. Oh, it. they are. Oh my God! America's sweethearts, the Detroit Lions. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, oh my! There's a reason why they're on. Oh, they're about to win. TV tomorrow. Yeah, night. they're about to win tomorrow night. Griffin and I are playing our night around it. If Kelsey doesn't play tomorrow night. They, they got, got a oh, puncher's chance. chance. They got a chance. I think the only reason that one team I picked, if they would have another logo on their helmet, I would be more convicted. Ah, to- there we go. You're not picking them. You're not doing that. <laughs> They're terrible. Stop. No, they are terrible. They're um, dreadful. I, I don't want to say. All right, fair. Don't say it. Drewsmorningdish.com. But it's why, in the AFC. Why would you give but up? It's in the AFC. Why would you give up these two clicks that you could get? But correct. <laughs> it's in the AFC. Is it? I tell you what. Again, because uh, we got it. We got yes. We got to call. Is it? Them? Yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. That's bold. Jaguars. It's bold. But they, it's bold. They have definitely have. They're going to score a bunch of points. I agree. And fight to not give up as many. Correct. That's exactly how it's going to go. But I think, it's different than it's I been think, for them in the past. I think the Super Bowl is aggressive, but I expect them to be very good as well. I expect them to be very good this season. By the way, I think Houston might win a couple more games than people realize. I'm s- I'm mildly interested in them. Well, they got a good helmet, but I mean, they do have. That, by the I'll way, tell you who I like. I'll give you. We got to go. We got to guess. Get, no, no, we don't. We I, have I to call a guest right now. Okay, we'll call him. Yeah. I got a sleeper for you in the NFC that I'll okay. broadcast. Okay, the Saints. I mean, I, easy can, division. Yes, soft division. Correct. Carolina might be decent. The other teams are going to be terrible. I I I think the Saints. Could be a surprise. I mean, yes, in that because it's going to be so easy for and them. And they have a semi-real quarterback. Semi. That's right. better a than hard, having a wide receiver who self, who man. acts like he's a quarterback. They I, have a real. What, what sem- is now? What is that? What is that? Who's who's that? Taysom Hill. Oh, okay. Yes, it's much better than that. Right. But they was never. He was never actually the starting quarterback. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I if they wouldn't have got Derek Carr, he might have been. I understand. All right, pal. Appreciate you stopping. Oh, am I by. leaving? Okay. If you want to stay, you can stay. You want to talk to Ed Hoddle from Stevenson? I got stuff to do. Okay. No, I like Ed. I just I, I like to Ed do. too. You want to go? This kid went to Coward Hall. All right. Very good. All Drew right. Forrester, Drew's MorningDish.com. Hanging out with us on a Wednesday morning. Into hour number two of the program. Yeah, seriously, though, don't forget, Griffin, uh, remind everybody what we're doing tomorrow night. Place to be hanging out with us. We will be at Sports and Social Inside Live Casino, Maryland, for the opening of the pro football season. That is tomorrow night, Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. Prizes, fun, the Detroit-Kansas City matchup, and a chance to get some help with your fantasy with your fantasy team from our fantasy football expert, Joe Serpico. So me, Glenn, and Joe will all be there. We'll, ki- we'll see you at Sports and Social to watch the kickoff of the new season again tomorrow at Sports and Social at Live Casino Maryland at 7 p.m. Looking forward to that tomorrow night. Can't wait to hang out with everybody. Uh, great start to the season for our next guest. And now I'm looking forward to being out at Mustang Stadium this coming Saturday for their home opener as they take on Lebanon Valley at 1. Joining us now, the head coach of the Stevenson football team. He is our friend Ed Hoddle, and he's back with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up. That was a pretty decent way to start the season, man. Hey, Glenn. How are you, man? Good um, to be on. Uh, it was good. You know, nice to go on the road on a Thursday night and and, and get a win, that's for sure. So let me talk about a couple of things. One, I am used to high-octane offense. I am used to, like, you know, the Dan Williams era, Stevenson football. It, should we maybe be expecting a little bit more balance and a little bit more of, like, a defensive-minded sort of football for the rest of the season? 
Well, tough to tell. You know, Nair's first start was, was Thursday night, and, you know, we think the sky's the limit with him. You know, he just had to, to kind of get used to game speed, and sure. obviously he's been working at that spot since the springtime, but nothing's quite like game speed, and he's got he's got a cannon for an arm, and as he works through, you know, getting some experience, I think uh, – I think you may see some some of those long balls you like to see. That's for sure. Okay, I like the sounds of that. T- tell me a little bit, Nair, because he didn't pl- he hasn't played a whole lot before this season. Why was he the guy? What what about him made you believe in him so much to make him the guy going into this season? The experience really became the deciding factor. You know, knowing where to put the ball and when to put the ball there. You know, he's been in the system now for you know this is his third year with Coach Hoig. And, um, you know, he's been a sponge since he walked in the door and, and really just taken the coaching and, you know, has the best understanding of what we're trying to do offensively at this point and has the, you know, has the physical tools to match. So we're, we're certainly excited about his development. Um, you know, you kind of go back through our history. It was great having Sedge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but Sedge was a transfer. It's, it's nice to develop, you know, some homegrown talent and, and Nair's, you know, uh, evidence of that for sure. He is Ed Hoddle, Stevenson football coach. He's with us here on GCR. Um, coach, how good was it for your team to have to face the adversity in week one, to fall behind a little bit early, to get punched in the mouth on the road in an opener? You know, I, I imagine after a really solid season a year ago that you came in, guys had a lot of belief. Do, do you think it benefited them to be put in that spot and have to rally the way that they did? A hundred percent. You know, facing the adversity, nobody, nobody loves it. But that's where you, you know, experience the most growth. And I think the experience of our team coming out of last year, we're, you know, we've got a significant number of returners. And, you know, and nobody batted an eye, you know, being down 10 in the first quarter. You know, it was, it was work to do. Let's go do it. And, you know, guys hung together. And, you know, it's good to face that early to, to kind of gauge where you are from a leadership perspective. And I thought our guys did a, did a remarkable job. And, you know, certainly coming out with the win after being down 10 early um, and, and being able to rally, you know, kind of late in the game a little bit. And, you know, you know, we were tied, you know, at multiple points throughout the game. And, you know, things get tight. And I told them at halftime, you've got to handle the pressure. You know, the team that handles the pressure and, the, and as the clock starts to wind down, the team's going to be successful. And I thought we handled it really, really well. Obviously getting that 20-17 to 17 win at Rowan. Um, a, a couple of guys that stood out for me, uh, let's talk about Demetrius Sally, right, who, you know, had a nice season uh, but didn't play quite as much and now is stepping up. It looks like he's taking on a bigger role. Um, what should we expect from Demetrius this year? I think the sky's the limit. Uh, you know, he is. I mean, he's incredibly athletic. He's smart, you know, plays the game with, with an edge that we like, um, you know, kind of, you know, just a relentless player and, and really wants to be successful um, and wants to see the defensive side of the ball be successful. And he's going to do what he needs to do to make that happen. And, you know, it's interesting, a bit of an evolution for him um, as we've kind of tweaked our scheme a little bit, going to more of a defensive end kind of guy than, than an outside linebacker kind of guy. And, you know, he might be 200 pounds, but he is a handful on the edge. And, and we love having him out there. And I think, you know, looking into the next nine weeks, you know, I, I think his level of play is just going to continue to, to, to escalate. Coach, why'd you make that decision? Why, why'd you decide to change that? Um, just looking at the, the, the talent that we have, I think, in, you know, in Division three football, we don't have the luxury of going out and, and hand-picking talent that fits 
schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, we challenge our coordinators with developing schemes that match the talent, the best available talents that we have. And, you know, we, we, we were blessed with a great recruiting class of defensive linemen. Um, you know, we kind of made that decision uh, early in the spring based on what we knew was coming back, based on what we knew was coming in. And, you know, so far it's been been a really, really good transition for us. But, again, you know, our, our philosophy is always going to be um, develop schemes around your talent. So is it a full 4-3 then now? Um, I wouldn't call it a full 4-3. Okay. Um, you know, we're still gonna, you're still going to get some of those odd looks from us. Um, you know, I, w- I would characterize it more as a, as a multiple front. Um, we could do multiple things on the back end. We could do multiple things from a personnel perspective. You know, so much of college football has evolved into packages for scenarios anyway. Um, you know, defense is having to mirror personnel on the offensive side of the ball. So, you, you know, it, it, you have to be multiple in today's football. What's the difference, Coach? You know, you, you know a thing or two about winning championships. You know the difficulty of winning championships. And, you know, the last couple of years, again, last year it's a game or two, right? What's the difference that, that changes that? What, how, what is it that has to click better? You have to do more consistently, whatever it is, in order to go from being a team that's winning games and playing in the postseason to getting back to that level of being capable of winning the match. You know, I, I think we've been capable of winning it every year. Um, you know, I think I think the, the most important piece is you want player-led teams. You don't want coach-led teams. Coach-led teams win games. Player-led teams win championships. Um, we've put a great amount of effort over the last couple of years to develop team uh, player-led teams, empowering leadership, develop, doing a better job of developing leadership um, from within in the program. Um, those are – that's probably the single most important thing to us. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of other pieces to it. You, you got to stay healthy, um, you know, and, and you've got to be able to, to develop depth. You know, for us, that's been a, another big focus for us is developing depth, you know, guys that can, that can step in and not have a huge drop off from a talent perspective and giving our younger guys a chance to play much, much sooner um, in their careers than we have in the past to develop some quality depth because you're only as good as the next guy that goes in if, if you're on, you know, on the unfortunate side of the injury. But is that at all difficult for you, coach? Like, is there a party that's like, man, I, I, I can't believe we're putting a freshman here. Like, you know, is there, did it take, is, is it almost allergic to, to doing something like that? A hundred percent. You know, you, you look out there and I looked out there Thursday night and I'm thinking to myself, that kid was at the prom like five months ago. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. You, you know, he was living in his parents' house. He was going to the prom. He was graduating from high school. And here he is, you know, and it, it's always interesting when, when you do have players that get hurt and, and you elevate a younger player and then they come in and they excel. And, you know, what's today's nightmare is tomorrow's dream scenario because you've then really got two that have game experience. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to go through it, and you have to, you have to force yourself to do it for sure. You know, we've got to get these guys reps. We've got to get them ready to play. And, you know, you try to manufacture scenarios and practice, et cetera, but there's nothing like Saturday. And you've got to put them into the fire, and you've got to really work and force yourself to develop that depth because, you know, you start getting into late October, early November when, you know, when things start getting tight in the league, you've, you've got to have developed quality depth at that point. 
Stevenson football coach Ed Hoddle with us for just another couple of minutes here on GCR. Their home opener this Saturday at Mustang Stadium against Lebanon Valley. Um, coach, you mentioned the idea that perhaps Nair is going to start opening it up a little bit more as the season goes on. Uh, who do you imagine? I, I know that um, Pat was the most popular target in the first week of the season, but who do you feel like are the guys that could still come on as as vertical threats and allow you to to be the other end of Nair opening up the offense as the season goes on? Well, Jaheim Henderson's had a great camp. Um, he's a guy that you know that we're going to lean on heavily as we get into uh, you know into, into this really get, get into the meat of the schedule. Um, Pat's done a great job. Uh, Kit Smithson's done a great job. And, you know, we've got, again, we've got some younger guys that are still, you know, working their way through the playbook, still working through, you know, some of the finer details. But we're excited about the group. It's probably our most talented but youthful group, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's some real talent there. It's just learning the finer points of college football, learning how to practice, learning how to lift learning how to go to school. Um, we're certainly excited about the group, and, and I think you'll see a number of guys um, get some opportunities throughout the year. And we know there have been years where you've used multiple backs, but in week one it looked like Elijah Marquez had really kind of stood out as being the guy. Is, is he solidified himself as being this number, the number one guy and, and maybe even a workhorse for you as the season goes on? He is. Um, you know, he had a great camp. Um, you know, he's put on a little bit of weight. He's a little thicker, a little heavier. Um, which should you know he should hold up much better than last year. Um, he's more mature, which is certainly a plus for us. Um, you know, but we still have Mo Hammond. Um, you know, he's, he was a workhorse for us last year. He's going to continue to touch the ball, and you know we've got some younger guys that are that are kind of fighting back and forth for that number three. And you know, again, you know that position takes such a pounding, and and you know depth is going to be key. And you know, we we talk to those guys all the time. You're going to get beat up a little bit, and you, you got to be got to be tough. And um, we're excited about that group. You know, we we had a hundred yard rusher last week for the first time, and in, in a little bit. And you know, that's been sort of an emphasis. You know, we we kind of thought that we've got to do a better job running the ball, which means we've got to be a little bit more physical up front. And, you know, we've developed some O line talent. That group is, you know, last year it was full of sophomores. This year it's full of juniors. You know, the sky's the limit for that group, and yeah, they've done a great job so far. All right, so here's the important question. I, I, I don't know how super – you and I have never talked about this before. I don't know how superstitious you are. If if things don't go well on Saturday, are you going to call me and be like, dude, I love you, but I need Steiner back in here for the next one? Like, is is that the way that it's going to work? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not su- – uh, I am superstitious, but not about those Okay, kinds, so. all right. <laughs> hey, okay, so what is yours? I, I need to know this now. What is your, like – do you have to, to to dress the same? You know, Justin Tucker's bit is he's got to lay out his clothes before the same way, lay out the uniform the same way before every game, and put everything on in the same order before every game. What what is yours? What's your go to? Like I have to do this for every game. Um, all of the things I need for you know notepad, game card, things like that, always in my right pocket with my with my pen in my right pocket. Um, I wear the same hat. Uh, the hat doesn't change. How old is you know, the hat? It, Hang it, on a second. How old is the hat now? Well, the, the, this year's version is only a couple weeks. Oh, okay. So you do a different. Point. Okay, so it's not the same hat that like you've passed down from year to year. It's just that once you start Correct. a season with the hat, you got to keep the hat on. 
Right, and if things don't go well Saturday, we'll likely switch out a for a new hat. Next I get it. I completely right. see that okay. one to me, Coach, makes all the sense in the world. In fact, I would be furious if you didn't do it that way because that's right. only logical right. is the way that I feel but about it. The, the crazy part about the superstitions is the more you win, the more they grow. Of course. Oh. It's, you know, it, it, when, when I was at Gallaudet, I remember – we were, we had won eight or nine straight and I'd always carried a green Sharpie in my right pocket. Well, things weren't going well. And I went down to reach for the Sharpie and I didn't have my Sharpie. It either fell out or I can't remember what happened. And oh, I remember no. sending the equipment person into the office <laughs> to go get me a green Sharpie in the middle of the game. We ended up winning. So it was the green Sharpie all the way. Brother, I, that that's just logic. That's all that is. I don't know why people don't understand this. Why would you mess Correct. with that if it's working? I don't care if it makes no sense. If it works, it works, and you don't screw with it at that point. That is simple logic, my friend. I uh, can't wait. And, and you don't talk about it. No. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, oh, boy, did we ruin it by having you talk about it on this show? No, 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 we're right. good. All we're right. good. I uh, can't wait to be back out there this Saturday. Always appreciate you, man. Thank you for spending the time with us, and we'll see you out there for Lebanon Valley. All right. Sounds good. See you Saturday. It's Ed Hoddle, Stevenson coach, with us here on GCR. Appreciate him uh, taking the time for us as uh, they get ready for their home opener after opening up the season on the road with a win at Rowan. All right, into uh, hour number two here on GCR. As we mentioned, still to come, Matt Castle is going to join us, former NFL quarterback, now with NBC. He's part of the uh, Big Ten coverage that NBC is doing. He'll be in the uh, studio for... Maryland Charlotte on Saturday night so we'll chat with him and we'll make a trip to Aberdeen to chat with one of the Orioles top pitching prospects Seth Johnson so that's all on the way today if you missed it yesterday Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley Luke Jackson got together to talk some baseball that show available facebook.com slash pressboxsports youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video it is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR continue to get your responses in Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. 
The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. Join PressBox's fantasy football expert Joe Serpico and the rest of our Glenn Clark Radio gang at Sports and Social inside Live Casino Maryland, Thursday, September 7th, for the pro football season opener between Detroit and Kansas City. We will be there 7 p.m. where Joe Serpico will help you nail this fantasy football season. Just come by and Joe will consult you on your lineup, who to sit, who to start, who to target for in a trade, and who to pick up off waivers. Plus, we'll try to help you win some money as we watch the game. So join us for the season opener, improve your fantasy team, and have a great time at Live Casino and Hotels Sports and Social. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. You know, we announced obviously yesterday the return of the Tyus Bowser show, and tomorrow morning, Rita and I are going to announce some other programming information about the fall. So that's all I'll say. Rita will join us tomorrow morning, and we'll uh, make another programming announcement of some sort. And you can look forward to that. I'm excited. Tomorrow. I don't know. Tomorrow we'll deal with that. So I look forward to it then. Um, back in here on GCR. So bummer last night for me. And it's it's a, one of those weird bummers. I, of course, love Francis Tiafo, 
And while I acknowledge he has no connection with Baltimore whatsoever, it's this weird bit where, like, if Francis TFO was from Rockville, I wouldn't quite feel the same way about him as I do because he's from College Park. It's just, it's very strange, right? It makes no sense. Because I get it. Geographically, is some of you that just try to stir up S like to remind me, there's no real difference geographically between College Park and Rockville, except that when you're from College Park and you have such a close association with the University of Maryland as Francis TFO has had, obviously very good friends with Mike Loxley and you know, has been very connected, wears Maryland gear all the time, it creates an immediate connection for those of us in this area that have our own feel and our own connection to Maryland, whether it's because we went there or just because they're the state school or whatever it is. So it's it's weird. It's hard to explain why, like, sometimes we, we kind of treat Francis TFO like he's a local, despite the fact that he really is, you know, D.C., but we do, and it's unique to it being College Park, and it's unique to him, despite the fact that he didn't go to Maryland, being so closely associated with the University of Maryland. But admittedly, I'm really an American tennis fan. I just want to see an American man finally end what is now officially a 20-year drought since Andy Roddick last won a slam. And part of this is that when I was an obsessed tennis fan growing up for the first 20 years of my life, there were regularly American men winning slams because Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi won a ton of them. So I got used to it. And then Andy Roddick won one, and you're like, oh, he's going to win a ton of them, and this is going to be the next generation of them, and it never happened. And every now and then we talk ourselves into the idea of someone being a rising star. And it's always been treacherous with TFO because his size was always going to make it difficult for him to ever be able to consistently beat the top dogs. But then, of course, he makes this magical run to the semifinals a year ago, beats Rafael Nadal in the process, and, you know, is right there with Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, right there in a breathtaking semifinal. And you're like, maybe we're not given enough credit. This one, he had a terrible summer. And then the draw just completely broke for him at the U.S. Open where he didn't... The best player he had to play was Adrian Manorino in order to get to the quarterfinals. And so I'm bummed that he lost to Ben Shelton. What I'm really bummed about, and I've talked about this with Francis before, he is the type of player that when things aren't going well for him, he'll start dogging points. And a lot of tennis players do this. And I'm not going to get to that one. I'm going to save my energy. And it comes off as as much pouting. Like, dude, you never know... If love 40 in a game is going to prove to be your best chance of getting a break and getting back into it. This idea that once you're behind in a game, you just sort of... Let it go. You know, like, it's unbecoming of a player at that level. It comes off like, I'm frustrated the crowd isn't behind me the way that they were a year ago. Because, again, you're playing against another American It comes off like I'm frustrated about how I'm playing, whatever it is. And it's, as a fan, it's tough to watch. On the flip side, from a sheer talent perspective, Ben Shelton has come out of nowhere. They talked about it last night during the match. Ben Shelton was utterly off the radar as a prospect. Ironically, Francis Tiafoe was a highly regarded prospect who won the Orange Bowl, which is like the biggest juniors tennis event of the year. He was a highly regarded prospect. Ben Shelton wasn't. 
but from a physical gifts standpoint, just size alone and the power that can be generated because of that size, there are gifts, and you add in the lefty thing, like there are gifts that Ben Shelton has that Francis TFO simply doesn't. So if you made me say which one is a better bet to ultimately try to break through because of those gifts, I would have to say Ben Shelton is the answer. Probably part of the reason why Ben Shelton was able to win last night. Do I think he has a prayer against Novak? Not a prayer. I'd be stunned if he did much better than Tommy Paul did yesterday. My guess is he's going to get his ass kicked. But that's not a fair judgment. Everyone's going to get their ass kicked by Novak other than perhaps Carlos Alcaraz, who still has a really rough bet. Like he's got to play Zverev and probably Medvedev after that just to get to the final. And Medvedev has been looking good and, you know, beat Novak Djokovic at the U.S. Open once in straight sets in a final. So it's tough because I like Foe specifically, but hopefully Ben Shelton in the coming years will be a player arriving to be a legitimate threat to win a slam. Do I believe it? Not really. Just because why? Because it's American American tennis. tennis. Because you, again, even the times where there have been significant American wins, like an American player has won a match. Um, Taylor Fritz beating Rafael Nadal at Indian Wells, right, to win the final, uh, not this year, the year before. Mm. Felt like a big deal. Felt like a moment of Taylor Fritz arriving. But immediately afterwards I said, dude, Nadal was just in a grinder, a grinder the day before against Carlos Alcaraz. And at his age and at this point in his career, you couldn't expect him to turn around and be ready to play his best tennis the next day. In a slam, of course, you don't have to play the next day. There's just been so few moments where you can really buy into this is a guy who's able and prepared to regularly be capable of beating the best players in the world for a week, which is what it takes. The first week of a slam, you might be able to avoid those guys, but the second week of a slam... You're going to have to likely win three matches against best players in the world. And Ben Shelton's got a lot of gifts. He's very talented. And I'm very excited about him. Has handled moments well. Made it to the quarterfinals in Australia to begin the year. Now he's in the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Those are good things. But am I ready to say that I think he's capable of getting into that world and winning a slam? No, he's got many more steps in order to take for me to buy into it. So it was just a conflicting feeling that I had watching last night. All right, coming up this Saturday night on NBC, NBC Sports' big Saturday night matchup features Maryland hosting Baltimore's own Biff Pogey and Charlotte on NBC and Peacock at 7 o'clock. The early game features Penn State hosting Delaware exclusively on Peacock at noon. Joining us now, NBC college football analyst, Big Ten analyst, and, of course, former NFL quarterback. He is Matt Castle, and he is with us on GCR Matt, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Absolutely. Great to be, great to be with you this morning. This is one, I feel like the rest of the country is looking at this and being like, wow, really? Maryland, Charlotte on a Saturday night on NBC? I don't get it. We here locally know there's a few elements of this that are like really enticing. I want to start with the Maryland side of things because we're of the belief locally that there is reason to be a little excited 
and think that Maryland is truly a team on the come. And not that we think they could win the Big Ten or something like that, but that they could be a threat to be competitive at the higher end of the Big Ten if a few things go right. Do, is it fair for us to be feeling that way, Matt? It's absolutely fair. and It starts at the quarterback position. I mean, this kid is a, a legit uh, Talia Tungavailoa. I mean, he's got the experience. You can tell that he's got a comfort level. He's playing with confidence. And then he's got playmakers on the outside that they, they can get the ball and spread the ball around. I know that there's some concerns with this offensive line. They've got four new offensive linemen this year. But if they can figure out that group, create some cohesiveness, they're, they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And then defensively, yes, you've lost some talent in the secondary, especially at that quarterback position with a first-rounder and fourth-rounder going to the NFL. But overall, they play, they've been able to play good defense. I think for Mike Lockley, it comes down, and he said it, that they're ready to compete this year. And if you even go back to last year, the Ohio State game, really they, they, Maryland goes down the field, scores with nine minutes left in the game. It's a three-point game. And they, it took Ohio State down to 46 seconds where they kicked the field goal to go up 36 to 30 at that point. And, and it was a lot closer game than what it reflected because of the, the fumble recovery and went into the touchdown. But they played that, that game all the way down to the, the end of it. And then you look at the Michigan game. They start out the game with the yeah. muff kickoff, and they, they, Michigan's able to return it, I mean, able to recover it and then go in two plays later. So they're right there on the cusp, and they got to learn to not beat themselves. But there's a lot of optimism, optimism for this Maryland football team. Uh, what's the difference, Matt? Like, you know, again, being able to be competitive, win some games, make bowls, win bowl games, and taking that next step. And is the answer maybe as simple as the offensive line, which admittedly I'd, I'd still have a lot of concerns about moving forward for Maryland? There's no doubt. And you know what? Good football teams, like Coach Loxley has said, is we don't beat ourselves and we win the games that we're supposed to win. But at the same time, it's the little things every time, especially against good opponents. It comes down to one, two plays. It could be a turnover. It could be um, a, you know, a, a bad throw that you've got an open wide receiver and you've got to hit that throw. It could be all those little things with inside the game that you've got to make those plays and step up. And if this team can turn that corner and, and be able to do those little things, then they're going to be on – the winning side of it rather than the losing side of those big games. He is Matt Castle from NBC. He is with us as we get ready for Maryland-Charlotte on Saturday night. Uh, Matt, I, you know, the, I feel like all of this is contextual too, right? Which, like, is it even fair to judge? Like, I, I, every time I talk about Mike Loxley, I try to explain to somebody, I think he was literally the perfect person for this job. And I admit a lot of bias. I like Mike. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a, a good person that I have gotten to know well over the years, so I'm not impartial when I have this conversation. But as someone who loves this area and who is wildly respected by the people that matter, the coaches, the leaders in the football community in this area, I think he was as good as Maryland could possibly do as a hire. I just also don't know that the nature of college football is that you can win games, you can find some success, but the way that the power structure works, you simply cannot break through those top contenders in the Big Ten. No matter, you could do the best job that anyone can do as the Maryland football coach, and you still might not be able to break through against those teams. Yeah, it's a challenging landscape, college football, with the transfer portal, with the NIL, and a lot of times it comes down to name recognition. And you know, for a long time, Maryland was on 
a bottom feeder. You know, a lot of people didn't recognize them or put them in the same conversation as the Michigan, the Ohio States. But Coach Loxley has come in and changed the culture and really created some hype around this program. And then also, I I think this is a big year for him because he's got the quarterback. He's got the surrounding pieces. He's got a good defense on that side of the ball. They've gone to two straight bowl games. And so for him, he's got to build off that momentum, build off that success. And if they can take the next step this year, now you, you start having more of a national landscape to be able to recruit, to be able to go in and bring in some of these transfers into your program because you've got the right leadership in place to take them to the next level. Uh, it's interesting you bring up NIL, Matt, because on the flip side of this matchup on Saturday night, uh, Biff Pogey is one of the most fascinating characters and people to have covered in our area <laughs> in a long time. And, of course, he's not going to get the attention that Deion Sanders is getting for obvious reasons. Right. I, I actually think there's something really compelling about Biff and the way that he's been willing to use his own money within the game of football, his his personality – the what he's been able to do with that, how quickly he's risen from being a high school coach to now a Division One football coach. I think he is a really fascinating character, and I have learned enough to know not to bet against this dude making things click anywhere. What do you make of, of Biff and his story and what he might be able to accomplish as a Division One football coach? Yeah, I think it's a fascinating story myself. And you think about a guy that's made – millions, billions of dollars, and then he had a passion for football, goes and builds a high school program up in one of the most successful high school programs in the country. He goes and he has some time with Harbaugh in Michigan and was a confidant to him while he was there, and now he gets an opportunity to be the head coach uh, at, at the Division One level. And you, you look at him, and it's just it, – it's such an interesting story. Also, the way and his philosophy in which he teaches and how he praises his kids and the motivational aspect that he brings to the table, and it's his demeanor, it's his day-to-day approach to the game. I think that he is a guy that can inspire youth, and and you look at him, he gets this opportunity, but again, it's been a different road travel than most coaches go to get their Division I opportunity to be a head coach, but at the same time, he's done it, and he's done it at a high level, and he's been successful in everything that he's done, and now he's looking to turn around a program that that obviously hasn't won a lot, but they go out and they have a good first game, and he's got a lot of changes. They've had a ton of transfers come in, but mm-hmm. I think it's the man himself that is so compelling. I, I feel like there's a non-zero chance he shows up on Saturday night, like not just sleeveless, but like maybe with like a belly shirt too. Like I feel like he'll do anything that maybe will get a little attention on the program and get people talking a little bit. It's... I really hope so. I, I think there would be nothing better than a big Saturday night. We've got Biff Pogey with a little cutoff shirt, right. old school linebacker look with the cutoff sleeves on the sideline, you know, walking up and down. I mean, hopefully we could get at least a, a little halftime interview with him because that would be entertaining, as to say the least. I, I feel like this has got to be part of, you know, your, your coverage and what you guys are going to be talking about leading up to the game on Saturday night. Which we talk about Biff, and I make the, the direct parallel to Dion because – Clearly, it's the biggest story in football this week. But, like, it's it's such obvious evidence of how college football has changed. You mentioned, you know, all of the transfers he brought in. And, and everybody kept saying, well, they, you know, this can't work at Colorado with all these transfers. It's going to take time. And here they go out and have this great result. Like, are we seeing right in front of us the direct obvious evidence of the sea change and, you know, whether the, the free agency concept in college football 
just might legitimately be the future of not not just the regrettable like ah uh, this is too much, but arguably the way in college basketball once upon a time everybody said well it's you, you can't just build around freshmen you can't do that and all of a sudden we turned and even Duke was putting teams together of just freshmen because it was the talent. Are we seeing in front of us an argument that? Building teams via the transfer portal, we might not like it, but it might prove to be a way that you can successfully put teams together. I think that the argument's being made right in front of our own eyes. I mean, you talk about Deion Sanders, the performance that they had, and the curiosity that they created because of Prime and his personality. And we, we knew that he was able to talk the talk, but then to watch him go out there and perform the way in which they did and completely turn over a roster from one year to the next with 87 new players and 56 new scholarship players. I mean, it's wild to think that he was able to do it. And then you look at Biff Pogey and what he's able to do at Charlotte 49ers and, and to go in there in very similar model is to go out, hit the portal as hard as you can, bring in a, a bunch of new players and reestablish an identity for your team and then to go out and have success. Now, I think that this is too early right. to really make a, a final judgment on it. Right. But at, at the end of the day, when you look at college football, I think that there is something here that if this is continued success throughout this season, that more and more coaches are going to be able to look at this and say, this might be our avenue for success moving forward. Matt, I, I, I asked this question, like you obviously were a power program guy. You're doing Big Ten now. The, the, there are people that talk about this like as if it's the death of college football. And to me, it, I, I get why we don't like it, but I look at it and I say, isn't it evidence that it's exactly the opposite of that? Everyone in the country is talking about Colorado right now. Like, college football, in a way, is almost overshadowing the start of the NFL season because of it. Is it do we get too hyperbolic when we talk about it and say it's different, but that's all it is, is just different. It's something we're not used to. But in, it's still going to be to you know Maryland Charlotte on Saturday night on NBC. You know as as you guys had Penn State, it, it's still power programs with lots of fans. Everybody's going to want to watch the games. It's just going to take some getting used to that. There might be players going from team to team uh, over the course of four years. Yeah, you know it's always difficult to accept change, and this is our new reality in college football. And I think that there's a lot of people with the mind, mindset that they liked it how it was, right? And status quo was for, for a long period of time how we all considered, considered college sports, which, you, you know, you go out and you hit recruiting hard and then you develop these guys from their freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then you see the fruits of your labor and all, all the hard work that you put in and that. But now it's just changed and you've got to be accepting of that change. And so it is fascinating to watch some of these teams like you said Colorado like the Charlottes of the world that are able to go out and have a complete new roster turn over so many guys and then be able to go out and compete and I just think it's going to take time for people to digest the new norm and that once once they do and once they understand that even for their programs once they hit that portal that they have an opportunity year in year out if they're able to do it successfully to go out and compete then I think it's going to change how people view the, the transfer portal and how this whole thing is kind of sh- shaken out over these last few years. I think that's well said. Um, Matt, again, a reminder, Maryland-Charlotte, Saturday night on NBC, and, of course, uh, Delaware-Penn State at noon on Peacock as well exclusively on Saturday. Matt, I wonder, uh, before I let you go, I, I'm not trying to compare it because I'm talking about Lamar Jackson here, but I, you were a guy who got a contract once and had a huge spotlight on him and expectations to perform, and – Lamar's had that through his entire career, so I don't know how much really changes for him. But do you have a sense for 
what this feeling might be like for him as now he gets the deal, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, he hasn't had a lot of playoff success, and how much pressure does come along with that and how that impacts him moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting because you talk about pressure with contract, but when you play the quarterback position in the NFL for an organization like the Baltimore Ravens, there's pressure that comes along with that week in and week out, and that's part of the part of what you signed up for. And I don't think that that changes who he is or how he approaches the game. I just think that it, it definitely adds more of a microscope on your performance week in and week out because yeah. he's, he's the guy that's seen is going to bring them to the promised land. But in terms of the talent level that they surrounded him with this offseason at the wide receiver position, they've got a strong offensive line. They're going to be able to run the football. And now it's just about them going out and winning those playoff games and get into the big game. And again, it's interesting because it's, we're not talking about conference championships. We're talking about winning the Super right. Bowl. And I, I was in the NFL for 14 years, and it's the hardest thing to accomplish. I was part of the Patriots right after. Come, my first year was after they came out winning three Super Bowls in four years. And then we went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Giants in that year where we were 18-1 and one and ended up losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. But it's tough, and it's so competitive, and the talent level from one team to the next is so small, and the margin for error is so small that it, a lot of people don't understand that, but you're judged on your championships, especially with what Lamar's accomplished already in his career with the MVPs and, and the ability to go out year in, year out, and compete at such a high level that now everybody looks at, well, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, then it's a failed year. But I, I don't always look at it like that. I think that he'll ha go out and have a great year. He's got a great team surrounding him. And now it's about everybody collectively coming together and getting it done on the field. Of course, to your point, the other teams are trying too, right? Like you you, you know, you had to go up right. against, you know, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed in the playoffs and all that stuff. It ain't easy. Uh, if I, Just to, to wrap up that way, because it sounds like there was something that you're saying that I think a lot of us are feeling, which is an, a level of excitement to see Lamar, to your point, with these new offensive weapons around him and in a different offense with Todd Munkin that we expect to be a little bit more open. It sounded, in, in the way you were describing it, like you were maybe a little bit excited to see what that looks like for him moving forward. I am excited because when you think about his tenure so far with Baltimore Ravens, I know that they've drafted a lot of guys and brought, brought in support at the wide receiver position, but they haven't always panned out. But I think this is the best supporting cast that he's had collectively at the wide receiver position. And I think when you're able to run the ball the way that they do, it'll be able to set up play action. You'll get, get those one-on-one -on -one opportunities on the outside. And if these guys can perform up to the level of expectation that everybody has for them, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Because Lamar can get it done, obviously, with his legs. We know that he's a, an effective thrower of the football as well. And at times, really is quite, quite dominant in the passing game. Yeah. So if they can open up that passing game and have the threat of throwing it when they want to load the box against this sturdy run game that they have and be able to create those one-on-ones and those guys go and win, they can put up a lot of points and be one of the most dangerous offenses in all of the NFL. Maryland, Charlotte, Saturday night, NBC and Peacock. Matt Castle, really appreciate you taking the time for us. Can we plug, you got a podcast, right? Can we plug that for you? Yes, it's, it's called Go Big or Go Home. We're covering Big Ten football week in and week out. We do it right. It's funny because we actually get done with the big Saturday night game, and we go right in and we do it right on the spot for 30 minutes after. So we go run down, up and down through the, the Big Ten performances of that day and kind of go from team to team. So it's a lot of fun. Awesome. And Ahmed Fareed and Joshua Perry are both on there with me. Very cool. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. We really appreciate it. It's
You got it, partner. Have a great one and enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, man. Matt Castle from NBC, of course, former NFL quarterback. Appreciate him taking the time for us and uh, joining us here on GCR ahead of Maryland Charlotte on Saturday night. Today's show also brought to you by Superbook Sports. The code is Glenn Clark 23. Glenn Clark 23. G L E N N C L A R K 2 3. Go to Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. And when you do, put that code in. Make a bet, a same-day bet, up to $250, and you will get that bet matched, win or lose, with free bets. Again, the code, GlennClark23. Use Superbook.com or the Superbook app. When you use that code, you will get your first bet matched, win or lose, up to $250 on the same day as you make your deposit. Again, go do that today. Let's switch gears. It's time for us to make uh, our final trip of the season to Aberdeen to chat with, chat with a member of the Ironbirds. And joining us now, one of the top pitching prospects in the Orioles system, it's a pleasure to meet Mr. Seth Johnson for the first time here on GCR. Seth, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, getting excited. I know this is the uh, final weekend of the regular season coming up for you guys in Aberdeen. Seth, I imagine this has been kind of a whirlwind for you this year, right? Like coming back from the injury, new system. How good have you felt about everything, about your performance, about how you felt like as, as you start to kind of get into the reflection part of the year? How have you been reflecting upon 2023? Yeah, it, uh, it's kind of been a weird year. Um you know, I started my rehab assignment probably like three weeks ago. So, you know, as the season's winding down for everyone else, it's just getting going for me. Right. So it's almost been like a late spring training. Um, and I mean, like you said, joining a new organizations, always a little, not really challenging, but it's just different. You know, everything's just <clears throat> done a little differently. But, you know, the Orioles being the number one farm system in baseball, you know, it's a group I'm more than excited to join. You know, I think when everybody hears the words Tommy John, like immediately there's this like kind of hush that comes over the crowd like, oh, no, when you find out that you have to have Tommy John. And this is obviously before the trade. Right. When you find out that you have to have Tommy John, what were what was going through your mind then? And, and have you had benchmarks throughout this process as you've been working your way back to the field where you've said to yourself, OK, this feels right. This feels like you know, normal, maybe is the word to use. Have you had those moments throughout this? Yeah, I have. And I mean, luckily I've had a, um, a lot of buddies who, ha who have had Tommy John surgery and stuff and they were able to, you know, share some advice and their experiences throughout the whole process. So going into it, I actually wasn't like too nervous or scared or anything. I was pretty confident in the surgery in the surgery and the surgeon that I went with. And um, yeah, as far as like benchmarks go, you know, over time and months and months into it, you start to feel a little more normal every day. And, um, you know, you take a second to recognize that, and it's a pretty good feeling. You, do you, do you, it's funny you say that, right? Like, does it mean something to you to get out on the mound for the first time again? Like, did you find yourself being at all emotional about it? Like, man, you know, this was this was a grind, this was a journey, anything like that? Um, I was just excited. I mean, it was like 15 months between games, and that's man. that's the longest break from games I've had in my whole life. Um, so you know, I was definitely super excited, and um. You know, a little rusty. You don't play in games for over a year. You know, you got to relearn how to how to throw in games and stuff. But 
um, yeah, really just overall excitement when I was back out in games. So Seth Johnson is with us from the Aberdeen Ironbirds here on GCR. Seth, I, I wonder, you know, what was the experience like for you? A lot of guys getting traded, it's a complicated thing to begin with, but it's even more complicated given your circumstances, right? The fact that a team yeah. targeted you despite the injury and, you know, there was a good team that was making the trade at the time and still wanted you, what did that mean to you? And and what was the feel that you got when you arrived in this organization and, and what, I guess, how did that make you feel about getting traded to the Orioles at the time? Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, it was, it was a pretty weird experience. So I got my surgery in Texas with Dr. Keith Meister. And um, I flew down that Monday, which is August 1st. And as soon as I landed, I was waiting on my dad um, to pick up the rental car because he was going to, you know, help me with the surgery and stuff. Um and as I was waiting for him, I got a call from the race farm director who told me I was traded. And, um, you know, I saw my dad, that was the first thing I told him. And he was just, you know, kind of speechless. And, um, we were in Arlington and we were actually planning on going to the Rangers game that night. And funny enough, they were playing the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> but I got to see the uh, team I just got traded to that night. And that was really cool. Wait, wait hang, then, hang on a um, second. Did they know that you were there? Did you, like, get to come back and, and chat with anybody, or were you just literally hanging out, sitting in the stands, watching a baseball game? I got to meet some people. Like, okay. once, um, right. you yeah. know, the trade goes through, a bunch of people call you, and you okay. get a bunch of contacts and stuff. And I told everyone I was down there just in case, you know, that they had people in town um, for that series. So got to meet uh, Matt Blood and, and okay. Chris Holt, and that was really cool. And, um, you know, after the surgery, I got down to Sarasota at the spring training complex, and – um there were a couple other guys who were doing a TJ rehab too. And I mean, they were a great group of guys and it was actually a pretty enjoyable experience. So you get in there. What are they telling you? What, what is it like? Are they like, Hey Seth, chill. We're good. We know what we, we know. We wanted you for a reason. What's the conversation like once you come into the Oriole system? Yeah. I mean, kind of exactly that. Um, you know, there's a reason they traded for me and they knew the circumstances surrounding me when they made that trade. So, um, you know, they said, just, make sure you dominate the rehab process, get healthy, feel good. And, you know, 2024 is going to be kind of the year. They knew this year was more of just, just about getting healthy again. So you go through all this, all this work to get healthy, right? You get back out there. And does it almost feel like now you're like, oh, now i got to speed things up. Like you're, you, you want to keep everything level-headed, but here you are. You're, you're still at like A-ball and you're like, okay, right, now I'm back. I, I want to be moving on. I want to be at the next level from that. Is it difficult – you know, it almost feels like it's a hurry up and wait kind of situation. Yeah, it is. I mean, you got to tamper your expectations and be realistic about it. Um, <clears throat> knowing like the timing of the year with it being the end of the season, it's definitely, um, that definitely kind of helps me just focus on staying healthy and like rediscovering my processes for like the day to day work and stuff in season. Um, but yeah, I mean, Obviously, you watch the big league team, and they're super fun, and you want to go be a part of that. But you just got to stay patient. I understand that entirely. Um, Seth, I'm interested in your background, right? Like, you were not always a pitcher. You showed up at Campbell as a shortstop. Talk me through, you know, how that change came and why the move was made, and like, was it difficult for you making an adjustment that deep into your career? Yeah, it's a pretty fun story. So, in high school, I didn't pitch at all. I asked to every year, but... I mean, honestly, I was undersized and didn't throw very hard, so <laughs> coaches never really went for it. Um, had one offer to go play college baseball at Lewisburg College, and uh, obviously I took that, played shortstop freshman year, 
um, was playing shortstop and infield sophomore year. Started to struggle a little bit. Um, some of the schools, like four-year schools that I was talking to, kind of faded away and stuff because, um, you know, the bat kind of fell off a little bit, and we had an off day, and someone had a radar gun, and, you know, you get a bunch of college sophomores together, and someone has a radar gun, someone's going to be oh, hard they can throw. throw the crap out of the ball, right? Oh, my God, you're all going <laughs> to yeah. break your arms in the process. <laughs> yeah, looking back, you know, I threw, I warmed up like two minutes, and I started throwing as hard as I could, and oh. now if I did that, I'd lose my mind. But, um, yeah, you know, that that little radar gun they had said I hit 92. And, um, you know, the next day we had a team lift. I asked our head coach if I could start pitching. And all the credit in the world to Coach Blake Heron. He could have shut it down immediately, but he was uh, he was willing to give it a shot. So, you know, at sophomore year, I started getting a couple innings here and there um, in games and stuff. I didn't throw a breaking ball. So it was just all fastballs. And then um, – Campbell came to one of the games. They liked what they saw. They made the offer, and I committed to them on spot and <clears throat> went to summer school um, that next summer and really started, like, the pitching process, I guess, where I started, you know, training as a pitcher and focusing on, like, actually becoming a pitcher. Um, and, you know, they did ask if I wanted to be a shortstop, but I knew that boat was long gone, and I kind of just wanted to focus on pitching, so – that's kind of how that came about. Man, man. And look, and now look at where you are, right? That ended up being the greatest decision of your life to, to make that jump, man. That is wild. Did you ever I, – I know, obviously, you're, you're very different in age, but did I, – I don't know if he ever made it. Did, did Cedric Mullins ever connect with you at all? Like, did you ever – was he ever back, like, you know, just hanging out with the guys at Campbell, anything like that? Uh, he did come to visit Campbell one day, and then in spring training, you know, we got to see each other a lot more. Because um, people don't know us, but he also went to Lewisburg College. Oh, that's so right. Yeah, the, that's right. The Lewisburg to Campbell path, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. What a random – like, I mean, Mike, th- we have a phrase here. I don't know if anybody's told you that when, since you've gotten to Aberdeen. We have a phrase around these parts. It's Smaltimore, right? Which is the story that, like, everybody around here, you can connect to everyone else within, like, two steps. It only it's, – it's a big city, but it's a small town. Because in, in two, you know, oh, I know this person too. Like, it's all it takes. We call it Smaltimore. That's almost the greatest Smaltimore story of all time, and it has nothing to do with Baltimore. Like, it's insane that it just happened to work out that way, that both of you guys ended up with the same system. Yeah, it, it's funny how things work out like that, isn't it? That's cool. It's really cool, man. And I, Have you been able to stay in touch? Like, have you texted with them at all? Like, have you established that connection a little bit? Uh, I try to, like, as I was rehabbing, I was trying to stay out of everyone's way because they were getting ready for a season, I, obviously. I but, you I know, he was down in Sarasota rehabbing for a little bit, and we we got to talk there, and it was really cool. That's awesome, man. That's really, really cool that it worked out that way. So realistic goals, right, moving forward for you, Seth. Now you're back, you're pitching. Um, are you going to pitch in the fall? Do you, do you want to, like, maybe ease up on how much you're asking of the arm? And, you know, like, then moving forward – over the course of the next 12 months, in a perfect world, what does this look like for you? I mean, in a perfect world. Yeah, you know, in the big, in the I big get it. Right, right. In a realistic, but, perfect world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, I just kind of want to stay healthy and just stay on the field. Um, this TJ was my first time on the I.L. and missing any games. So, you know, I want to get back to where I was, where I was able to pitch a whole season and make every single start, um, regardless of what level. I'm not even looking at that stuff because I know the Orioles have a plan in place for me and I'll just go wherever they put me and, you know, try to perform to my best. Has the success that you have seen from other young pitchers with the Orioles, has that got you even a little bit more excited? Like the fact that, 
Kyle Bradish has been brilliant, and Dean Kramer of late has been outstanding. And I get it. Grayson was – I think most people believe that Grayson would have been Grayson wherever he was going to end up, right? But, like, does that – do you start to think that there might be an element – you know, we talk about what they've done in Tampa over the years, and you know about that, but do we start to buy in the idea that there's a little bit of a special sauce in the Orioles system? Oh, I think so. I think so. And, you know, the experience that I've gotten with this organization, you know, I think they're doing things in a really smart way. And, um, you know, seeing all those guys have success, you want to go be a part of that, right? So that's definitely uh, inspiring and gets me really excited. I mean, there's a real chance of winning a World Series in the next couple of years too, right? Like I imagine that doesn't suck that uh, you see that there's an opportunity there. Um, Yeah, I've been – I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Seth. 100. percent By all, let's, let's keep talking about how the Orioles are going to win a World Series. Let's just keep doing that for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all I was going to say is I've been lucky enough to win a few championships in in my career, and yeah. winning is so much fun. And um, you know, obviously, the direction those are going, you want to be a part of that. I love that. Uh, some cool events in the final weekend of the season for the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Not only post game fireworks on Friday night, but they're celebrating. Uh, you guys might be aware of Fat Bear Week. They're celebrating Fat Bear Night on Friday night, and I still don't know exactly what that means. I don't think they're actually going to be able to bring the Fat Bears to Lighthouse Field at Ripken Stadium. I don't think that's an option, but my God, it would be wonderful if they did. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're incorporating that on Friday night. Also this weekend, uh, a Steam Crabs event uh, before the game on Saturday and a pregame catch on the field. Grayson Rodriguez Mount Birdland statue giveaway, Fan Appreciation Day, and post-game kids run the bases on Sunday. Find out more, ironbirdsbaseball.com, and get your tickets for the weekend. Seth, um, are you on Instagram that Orioles fans could give you a follow? Uh, I am. I'll be honest, I don't really know my handle. I don't have it memorized. Is it, okay, um, is it Seth Johnson 26? Is that you? That sounds right. Okay. All yeah. right. So I'm, I just, we just requested it ourselves. So hopefully that'll be the case and that we didn't, we're not talking <laughs> yeah. to some weirdo who happens to have your profile picture. I hope that's right. Yeah, no, that, that sounds right. <laughs> hey, uh, Seth, congratulations just on getting back um, and putting all the work in. We can't wait to see what's next for you in the coming seasons. Really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you hopping on and spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Seth Johnson, uh, one of the top pitching prospects in the Orioles system, of course, came over in the Trey Mancini deal last summer. Appreciate him spending the time with us here on GCR. All right, uh, we got to get one more break in, and then we'll come back in, get a tidbit and tubular to wind down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. All Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses. I get it. I'm sorry. You kind of have to do a little searching today, especially on Facebook. Kind of is what I don't get the bit. I got to be honest. Can I be honest? Let's have a chat here for a second. All right, sure. I'll never understand the people. I would say the single best thing that social media ever gave us was knowing when our friends' birthdays were. And I mean that. Now, part of this is that my age group kind of lined up with the Facebook era. But the best thing that it ever did was on, like, we'd wake up in the morning, we'd look at Facebook, and one of the first things that we'd see is oh, birthdays. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, right, it's so-and-so's birthday. And I get it. You could say it's it's meaningless to post on somebody's Facebook wall about their birthday. Fine. I uh, Fine. I'm not trying to suggest that it's earth-shattering anyway. 
But I've always felt that it felt good for people all every every year there's someone who will reach out on my birthday and I'll be like, man, it's good to hear from that person. Sean Salisbury, who we can't get to come on the show anymore for some reason. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I love Sean. I don't know what's happening. You know, Sean's a friend, so like, but it's nice every year because I don't hear from him otherwise. And like, oh yeah, it's good to hear from him. Um, I was an obsessed Jimmy Chicken Shack fan growing up, and I've created a relationship with Jimmy Haha from Jimmy's Chicken Shack. And like this morning, I looked down at my phone and Jimmy Haha. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. It's it does feel nice. If 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 you if you're the person that like turns off or like shuts down your wall the day of your birthday. <laughs> Or like takes your birthday off your Facebook. I'll never understand that. It it costs nothing. You have no obligation to respond. You don't have to. But it's a nice thing for your friends to be able to say, oh, right. Because otherwise, I, and I mean this, there's just no world. Maybe in the 1980s, people kept a calendar with all of their friends' birthdays on it. People just remembered I, back then. I, I can name off the top of my head like five of my friends' birthdays. I might have a general idea of where in the year they are because, like, I can remember, oh, right, we went out for their 21st birthday or something like that. Like, I'm pretty sure it was cold outside when we did that. I know, I'm thinking of, there were five groomsmen in my wedding. They were all friends. Well, one was, <laughs> never mind, one was, my, bro- one okay. was my brother-in-law, so I guess he doesn't count, although, you know. Kind of your friend. I can, I can name three of their birthdays with confidence. I know... My brother-in-law is in June, but I don't remember exactly <laughs> what the day is. I never remember. June-ish. It's like, it's like June 17th. It's somewhere in that range, 16th. God, I would feel bad about that one. Somewhere in that neighborhood. It's always right around Father's Day. Like, we always, like, and it, like Father's Day, my sister's birthday. We all just sort of dump a bunch of days all together. We're like, mm-hmm. eh, let's all get together and celebrate all the days. Um, And then I think my parents' anniversary is right around there, too. God, I can't even think what that day. Oh boy, yeah, I'm a terrible sure. person. Um, I, and my fifth groomsman is in September. I don't remember exactly what the date was for for him, but like outside of that, there's no chance that I know a date, a birth date. Again, I might know that it's coming up soon. I might know a general time during the year, but I don't know. And so it's nice to it's the reason to get on Facebook. It's why I've lamented Facebook screwing up other things and people getting away from Facebook because the best thing that social media ever gave us. It's close tie because pictures of your kids on the first day of school is amazing, <laughs> and you won't understand that. I won't. But I, you will get to a it, you you will you it will be overwhelming. Where at I want to see, point. I'll get to a point where, where I want to see other people's kids. You will look around and just like you've been watching these kids, your friends' kids grow up. Oh, okay. Like every year, you see a picture of them on the first day of school. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're 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 ten now. Like you, one day you'll realize how wonderful. I, I I posted something on Facebook like this. This is the best day of the year on Facebook by far. It is by far the, because everybody just posts post pictures of their kids. And for people that are 40, that's all we want in life. That's all you want. Um, <laughs> well, congrats. I mean, like, it's a big week. I, you know, for, for when you're a younger person, it's because you want to see pictures of your friends in, in their bikinis. Like, that's what social media is yeah. for. Um, yeah. When you reach a certain age, you actually get kind of creeped out by that. You're like, ooh. Is that your daughter? Like, please don't post that picture on Facebook. That's weird to me. Um, you, when you when you get older, it's you want to see pictures on the, the kids on their first day of school. Um, 
But I think that in general, the best thing that social media ever gave us was that Facebook allowed us to know when our friends' birthdays were. And I, I just never understand people that, I think some of it speaks to our own vapidness that like we don't care about knowing when our friends' birthdays are. So we're like, I have to get off Facebook. It's toxic. I'm like, you're on Instagram. There's no way that that is less toxic than Facebook because it has all of the same toxicity of Facebook. In fact, I would argue it's it's more vapid because it's more about creating this sort of illusion of who you are instead of actually being real. And it takes away the one quality feature that Facebook had, which was knowing something about your friends, like caring about your friends. Instagram is for posting. Facebook was nice because it was for perusing. It was for learning about things. And the birthday thing was the best thing that Facebook ever did and the best thing that any social media ever did because it allowed you every day to know, oh, it's my friend John's birthday today. And even if it's just a stupid Facebook post, I mean, that's... I would argue it's like, you know, if they're actually your friend, you try to take out your phone and at least send a text. Right. Like, if they're really your friend. Um, I think we all kind of have layers. Like, this person is really my friend, and I'll text them. This person, they're a Facebook wall, right? <laughs> like, that's what they are. Um, but I think it's the best thing that social media ever gave us. And so I've I've always been disappointed by people moving away from Facebook because it was the one thing that I thought had benefit and brought people together for a nice reason was because people knew. Well, That's the disappointing part yeah. to me about kind of the death of Facebook. Well, the good news is Elon's doing everything in his power to drive people back to... It's uh, a good point. To, to Try to get away it's, from... It's meta, right? Meta, I, don't, I think they actually still call it Facebook. I think the company is meta, but I think okay. they still call That's the, right. power the, the by app meta. Yes. Facebook, Facebook still by exists. Instagram by meta. Yeah, I mean, because Twitter offers you nothing. Like, it's by far the worst of the social medias. And yet, of course, it's the one that we most use because yeah. it's a statement about who we are as people. Um, Facebook is the one that allows you the best opportunity to plug in with your friends and the people in your life. And so, of course, we're getting away from that. We're like, ah, oh, it sucks. I've got to go to Instagram. Well, what is that? So I can look at pictures of Instagram models? Yes, yes. because we're yeah. vapid, because that's that's who we are as people. All right, there's, there's my Sermon on the Mount for the day. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit okay. is brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns next Tuesday night. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill for the season three debut of the Tyus Bowser Show. We hope to see you there. Tyus and his special guests will be joining us throughout the season. Again, the first one at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill next Tuesday, September 12th, following the week one matchup. Come out, hang out with us live. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Also, thanks to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Look forward to being there. Rita, myself, Tyus, his special guest, if you miss it live, you'll be able to listen to it Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. But uh, come out and join us. It's, what else could you ask for? The opportunity to rub elbows with your favorite radio hosts and also some football players that I've, you know, I guess you've heard of. Be a great thing to do. Tyus Bowser Show next Tuesday night. Find out more pressboxonline.com/bowser. So of course, September sixth, the second most important thing that happened on this date back in 1995, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, played his. 2,131st. I can't believe I'm saying that. John Proctor made a good point. He says, part of me wants to say that social media is good for coordinating events like cookouts and sports leagues. That is something that social media gave us. It's also why I've lamented people getting away from Facebook is like, it was the best way for me to inform people of like, hey, I'm throwing a party at my house. Mm. Because I'm just, 
when you, when you're 20, you can just go through your phone and text everyone. You can do that. When you're 40, your contacts are not just all your drinking buddies. They're like, you know, professional people. They it's a different world at a certain age. So Facebook best allowed us to do that, but as Proctor points out, it also allowed us to create toxic echo chambers and organize events like January 6th. So there is, yes, a double-edged yeah, sword right, about the, right. the quality of that. Thanks, John. Go ahead, I'm sorry. You were talking about uh, my 12th birthday. Yes, your tw- yeah, that, that, that would be your 12th birthday, 2131, when he broke Lou Gehrig's 56-year-old uh, consecutive game streak. Do you know who has the third most uh, consecutive games played? Steve Garvey? No, it is not. He's the, Steve he has the NL record. So hang on a second. Who else? Steve Gar- yeah, Steve Garvey's fourth. Oh uh, God, I read about it because I read John Eisenberg's book. Um, it's nickname. Oh, shut up! Okay, sorry. You can't keep it in your pants. Do you want to keep? Do you just want to keep going? Should we do the top? Uh, the top ten. Like no, the I, don't, I don't know anybody past Steve Garvey. I only know. Miguel Tejada's fifth. Uh, maybe I, I saw that recently that Miguel Tata was fifth and was like, that's weird. <laughs> um, all right, go ahead. Tell uh, me. It is Everett. Everett uh, Scott. That's exactly who it is. Now, look, there's no reason to know Everett Scott is a baseball player. And yeah. by the way, he should be on the AMSR videos. Have we started those yet? Have you talked to uh, Carson? Yeah, I'll talk to Carson. Scott Griffin, what about the intern you were supposed to get in touch with? Oh, right. Griffin's like, ha, ha, I didn't do my work. Maybe like. I'm sorry. I screwed up. I'm sorry. I, I screwed up. I forgot. This is this is a generational thing. I'll never understand it in my life. I will never in my life understand this. Everett Scott uh, was an old-timey baseball player, but I only know that name because I did read um, John Eisenberg's book, which is about all of these different players' various streaks, although he didn't really write about Miguel Tejada, <laughs> which is <laughs> interesting. Um, go ahead. Um yeah, that, that, that was it. Everett Scott. Everett Scott is third on the list, and and, and of course, uh, so your how, what would you rank? I guess your twelfth birthday would be more important than the thing that happened on this day, right? When what twenty one thirty one was second greatest behind behind Glenn, behind Glenn Clark's birthday. Oh, but behind September sixth, nineteen eighty three. You're saying that, yeah. that on, as September sixth goes. Well, I it's my twelfth and thirteenth birthdays are very cool for me as a kid uh, growing up in Baltimore because twenty one thirty one was obviously my twelfth birthday, and then my thirteenth birthday was Eddie Murray's 500th home run. Oh. When he oh came no. back to Baltimore. Were you Eddie there? Uh, no. No. Okay. I don't, I've not forgiven my, my parents okay. over that. <laughs> I, uh, um. It's a very long story, but okay. I, I swore that they were surprising me and taking me. Like, mm. I couldn't believe. I was like, we're going. They gave me, the morning of my 12th birthday, this Orioles starter jacket. It was it was September 6th. It was way too warm to be wearing the Oriole starter jacket. But I wore it to school. Because you thought you were getting pulled because out. Because I was convinced. Well, I mean, well, pulled I out. It, was, yeah. it was a night game. It wasn't an after. Yeah. It's not like opening day. I was convinced that I was going to the game. That like that was part of the whole deal. That was part of the gift. It was like, here's the jacket because we're going to the game tonight. Did you still have the jacket? Uh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still, still uh-huh. have a starter jacket. Although Sounds it'd be cool. it'd be yeah. awesome now. Yeah. I would love yeah, to would. find it and wear it out. I don't think it would fit me. Uh but yeah, it did not go. And then obviously we didn't know when Eddie Murray's five hundredth home one run was going yeah. to be. Um so we hadn't like pre prepared. But yeah, looking back on it, they were both my birthday. Kind of shame on my I blame my father. <laughs> I got a lot of, I just had a lot of trauma come bubbling up right now. Son Jose, of a bitch. Jose Altuve hit three home runs uh, yesterday, all three in the first. You're gonna ask me that Manny, if Manny Machado ever did that. Are you gonna uh, ask well, me yes, if uh, Mike Cameron ever did that? Who? Yeah. I don't remember who the fourth one was. The who was fourth, the fourth one? Was one? 1930 Carl Reynolds. Ah, oh, Carl Reynolds. Carl Reynolds. Harold's dad, right? Um, 
I don't want to say no, but yeah, I don't think so. I don't so. think they're related. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Manny was the most recent to do it, 2016, and then Mike Cameron in 2002. Yeah. Mike Cameron, of course, hit four home runs in that game. Manny wow. did not. Mike Cameron. Uh, who all is in the four home run club? It's uh, Cameron, mm. Witten, Josh Hamilton, right? Hit yes. four home runs in Baltimore, right didn't he? Uh, four home run club. Four home run games. Four home runs in one game. Who else? Who else has done it? Four home runs. 18 men have done 14 wow. four home runs. I didn't realize it was that many. Holy crap. Uh, J.D. Mardin- Martinez apparently did it in 2017, as did Scooter Jeanette. Uh, Carlos. Oh, wow. oh, that's right. This Was that? Look who showed up on the list again. Sean Green, Sean Green. did it in uh, 2002. As I mentioned, the hard-hitting Mark Witten. Oh, apparently Mike Cameron didn't hit four home runs in that game. Apparently he hit. I could have sworn he hit a fourth in that game. Oh, no, he did. Yeah, all right. Sorry, they have separated AL and NL. My fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Cameron did it in 2002. Carlos Delgado did it in 2003. And then some old-timey baseball names. Rocky Calavito. Oh, I love Rocky Calavito. Pat Siri. I'm not familiar. Lou Gehrig did it. Uh, Gil Hodges, Willie Mays, Mike Schmidt, Joe Adcock, Bob Homer, Bobby Horner. Lowe, Ed oh, Horner. Yes. When I say Homer? Yeah. Dummy. Bobby Lowe, Ed Delahanty, and Chuck Klein have all hit four home runs in a game. Uh, we talked about it earlier Ben Shelton. He is the he was the forty seventh ranked player in the world and the lowest ranked American to reach a slam semi since nineteen ninety one when this man was ranked one hundred seventy fourth. This American at the 91? age ninety one at the age of thirty nine. Oh right, that was when Jimmy Connors made his run. Yes, Jimmy Connors. Correct. Yes, correct. in nineteen ninety one, and yeah. then Joker has now won. 30 uh, straight matches against uh, Americans at the slam level. Uh, so the, his last loss was to after beating t- t- uh, Taylor Fritz his, yesterday. His, his last, last loss, loss was Marty Fish, right, at Wimbledon? No. it was. I believe it was at Wimbledon, though. Did I, oh, it was Sam Query. Sam yeah, Query. I, just, I just said the wrong name. It's oh, my okay. fault. It was Sam Query. I, I remember it. It was the day I was hosting a pig roast. I remember it well because everybody was like, dude, do you know what's happening? I'm like, shut up. Shut and trying to you run into the it. house oh, yeah. in order to watch and – yeah. Uh, Chris Jones is yet to sign a contract with the Chiefs, but he mm. does hold the record for most consecutive sacks in a or mo- yeah most Sorry, consecutive games. What does most games consecutive with sacks a, mean? Most consecutive games. Hey, with you're not gonna believe this. On eight consecutive snaps, he recorded a sack. Eleven straight games with a sack. That is the NFL record. Can you name uh, the next? Let's do the next five on the list here. Yeah. Huh. Uh, six. Next six. Um. Or no, it is five. Sorry. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to guess, guys. I had a ton of sacks, I guess. J.J. Yeah. Uh, Watt. J.J. Watt is not on the list. Okay. How about uh, DeMarcus Ware? DeMarcus Ware is on this list. He is second. He had 10 straight games with a sack. Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, not in the top six here. Okay. <laughs> How about uh, Chris Dolman? Uh, not Chris Dolman. Okay. Uh, how about John Randall? Not John Dwight Randall. Freeney. Dwight Freeney is on the list. He had nine straight games in 2000, uh, spanning from 2008 to 2009. Michael Strahan. Not Michael Strahan. Terrell Suggs. Not Terrell Suggs. Reggie White. Reggie White is on the list. He had two separate streaks of eight straight games. Uh, Jason Taylor. Not Jason Taylor. K 
Kevin Green. Uh, Kevin Green had nine straight games across two teams. How about that? Yeah. Uh, the, the Steelers and the Panthers? The Panthers and the Oh, this is the nine, end of his career. Uh, okay. Niners. Okay. Panthers and the Niners. Bruce Smith? Bruce Smith also had nine straight games with the Buffalo Beals. And then I'm looking for one more. This guy also had ten straight games with a sack. That's a lot. Yeah. Jared Allen. Not Jared Allen. John Abraham. Not John Abraham. A Richard Dent. Not Richard Dent. Alan Page. Denver Bronco, not Alan Page. Denver Bronco. Uh, early, Carl Mecklenburg. Early 90s. Not Randy Grandishar. Mm-hmm. Denver Bronco, the early 90s. Denver mm-hmm. Bronco in the yeah. early 90s. He's not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer. Oh, um, Leslie O'Neill? Not no, Leslie he was O'Neill. A, he wasn't. He was a Charger. Um, He's in the Broncos' ring of oh, fame. Oh, it's uh, 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 Neil Smith. Not Neil Smith. Really? No. Man, I might not come up with it then. Uh, in the early '90s, the early '90s, and he was a Bronco. Man. Is he prominently remembered as a Bronco? Or did uh, he yeah, he was only a Bronco. Yeah, he was a Bronco for ten seasons. Only a Bronco. Only a Bronco. Went to college in Houston. Or at Houston, I guess. I'm... Why am I struggling with this? Only a Bronco for 10 years. Early 90s. Went to Houston. It is. Shut, shut up! All right, all right, it's fine. Oh, <sighs> I, I did scroll because there's a, there's like a ton of guys that had eight consecutive games. So some of the guys you did name, like Jared Allen, also did have eight in a game. Leslie okay. O'Neill did have eight in a game. But that was I'm not. I don't right know why. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. It go is ahead. Simon Fletcher. Oh, okay. I do remember Simon, Simon Fletcher, Fletcher. Also had an eight game streak as well in right. there. Right. Simon Fletcher. Very Most good. consecutive games with a sack. As Chris Jones remains without a contract. That's true. That is true. All right. Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Orioles try to finish off a sweep of the Angels tonight. Kyle Gibson, yay, on the mound against Patrick Sandoval. 9.30 again on, or 9.40 really, on Masson 2. U.S. Open quarterfinals conclude today. Two more on both sides. Uh, everything is on ESPN for today. The four matches right now, uh, Sabalenka with an early lead on Zhang. I expect that to be kind of a, an easy one. And then that'll be followed up this afternoon by, what's the, the uh, it's Medvedev. Medvedev, right? Medvedev Rublev, and then tonight. Eggs. Tonight, it's um, Keys, Vondrasova, and on the other side, it's um, Alcaraz and um, Zverev, yes. right? Yeah, Alcaraz. Why do they all have Ev in their name? Is it, you think that's a, if, oh, if, if a lot, you, of, if, if, lot of people in that part of Europe, yes. It's a very popular Eastern European name, and or, or suffix, I guess. And yes, all right. Whatever. Does it increase what, your what? chances of being good at tennis? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's related. Oh, okay. Federer, Nadal, Murray. Sampras, Adderev, no, yeah. stop it. Nadalov. Uh, rest of the baseball today, you can find it at glennclarkradio.com, NBA TV, Seattle Storm, Atlanta Dream at 7, CBS Sports Network, the uh, NWSL Cup. I mean, it's not even like the – this is the, the fake thing like the NBA does where they have another championship. It's 
It's tonight on CBS Sports Network. It's like the FA Cup. Semifinals. Right? It's nothing. TBS, AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Master Chef on Fox at 8 o'clock. And then Archer, an episode of Archer is there. I haven't watched the finale or the the, pre- is, the first one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the final season yes. of Archer. Correct. Yes. That is at 10 o'clock on FXX. No episode of Reservation Dogs. Netflix has a documentary called Scouts Honor, The Secret Files of the Boy Scouts of America, looking into the abuse that was going on when the Boy Scouts of America. Uh, that sounds the, fun. Yeah. yeah. Also on Netflix is Predators, which is just like a nature documentary series, which is narrated by Tom Hardy ah. as they talk, look at you know ferocious predators in okay. the wild. Yeah, it looks actually kind of good. And then I Am Groot, season two. Um, on Disney Plus, the little animated short series. Also, uh, The Little Mermaid comes to streaming on Disney Plus as well. I did. I don't know what I am Groot is, but I'd be willing to watch it because mm. I'm a Mark. Yeah. That's just the way that it goes. Very good. All right. Thanks today to uh, Matt Castle. Thanks also to Seth Johnson. Thanks to Drew Forrester as well as to Ed Hoddle from Stevenson. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God! It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, we'll do picks tomorrow. Reed is going to join us tomorrow. We'll make a, an announcement about some programming. Anything stuff and things. As always. Yeah. As always. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at Live Casino and Hotel, where we're gonna be tomorrow night. Do not miss it. We'll be hanging out with you for the season opener. Fantasy football advice from our guy, Joe Serpico. Personalized cons- cons- consulting about your fantasy football team. I'm so going to have a lot of questions for him. Yeah, it's just gonna be Griffin the entire time. With Kelsey asking I mean, questions. I'm, yeah, it's I'm a rough spot. Rough, rough. Also, visit Baltimore, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.